let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. Welcome to Opinions, and after what seems like a mammoth break... Been ages. Well, for us, anyway. <laughs> um, we're back. We are. After, um, we've had, although we've been putting shows out, we've actually had about four weeks off of recording. Yeah, it's about four we? weeks off since we recorded the pub episode yes. at the Vic. Yes, which which we're still getting lots of great feedback about. Yeah, which is, yeah. Which so is thanks, thanks for that. Yeah, um, and some of the nicer feedback as well, and I think we'll probably get into it a bit later on. Um, I think somebody said it was actually nice to just forget about the beer for once, yeah, and just have you have a bit of a chat about. Yeah, because we didn't really didn't really discuss the beers we were drinking. No. Really, we mentioned them. That was it. Well, we drank the same beer all the way through three times, didn't we? Yeah, we had the East London, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. So it, it's good to be back, and um, as you would expect after having a few weeks off. We've got a lot to get through. There is a lot to get through. Um, Apparently, it all started as soon as we went off. Well, it, it literally did. It, it started the next day with one of the um, one of the big news announcements that we'll come on to in a while. Um, but to help us get through it, uh, we're really grateful to the guys from Signature Brew who um, have sent us over a box of goodies. So we're we're working our way through what are essentially four of their core beers this the, uh, on the, on this show and um, two of their specials. As, as well they've been incredibly generous yeah incredibly generous so first up we've got which listeners would have heard you open and pour we've got is it the studio pilsner yeah so it's the four percent pilsner lager from signature brew this is part of their core range isn't it so this is their standard 330 can with the sort of label on the front almost handwritten in places yeah. isn't it yeah it looks like uh that their labels on their core range look like backstage passes yes so I, I do, I do like that little thing. It ties into their whole music thing that they've got, they've got going on yeah, as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So uh, let's give this a try. Cheers. Cheers. Bit of a florally. Yeah, it's nose. very, very floral on the nose. That's that was the first thing that came to mind. Oh, it's a very floral fl- flavour. It's quite a. Uh, it doesn't strike me as being a pill straight away. No, it's quite. Um, it's got quite a soft mouthfeel as well. First thing I got, the minute I took it, the first gulp of it was some, like really, really citrusy, really juicy fruits mm. going on in my mouth, which wouldn't normally expect from a from a pilsner. Very sweet as as well for a pilsner. Yeah, no, I think it's really nice. Looking forward to finishing that. That won't take too long. That one. No, no, not not four percent. No, no, no. It's a nice little percentage. That one. Yeah. Well, we we better crack on then and and, and get into um, what we've been up to. What have uh, we been up to over the last four weeks? Well, it's been. I know I've had a few adventures. You've had a few of your own. Yeah. And there's there's a couple that we've done together. Yeah. So um, let's let's take it in turns. You you go first, mate. Okay. Well, I suppose the big thing for me and a few I'm sure a few listeners and people who follow follow on Twitter. And Instagram would know that I went for a week's cruise over the Easter break with Michelle. And uh, we stopped off at Cherbourg and we revisited a beer shop simply called Beers. And um, caught up with the woman who's running it. So it's gone from strength to strength over the year. So much so that she's now opening a second place south of Paris. Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah. Um, she says they'd come out there but when the opening might be at some point later in the year and be convenient to go to south of Paris on, on a weekday evening probably is another matter <laughs> yeah not so much but it was really nice to spend some time in there again um, I had some really nice beers 
Um, and we'd already set our minds on having the meat and the cheese platter this time, not just the cheese platter, because obviously that's just not enough, is it? No, no. Um, and so that, that was really, really pleasant. And we actually popped into um, a, an Irish pub afterwards because I wanted to watch a bit of football. And they had um, a really good Belgium bottled beer selection in there. Um, so I was watching football drinking Duvel. Nice. Yeah, eight and a half percent. What else yeah. would you do at half two in the afternoon watching football? <laughs> um, so that was that was really good. And then um, on the cruise itself, they have um, they had a few standout beers. So your initial idea of a cruise ship, and especially maybe for a lot of cruises, but for P&O, they are pretty good as well as having a lot of the macro beers. You can get your Fosters. You can get some of the regional brews. So there's Marston's Pedigree. You can get also. Um, you know, a few a few things from say people like Harvey's, which is a little bit of a surprise, but it's not a lot of the Harvey's which you'd normally see. So there's a couple of specials they do, which is based on some collaborations are done with the chef, um, you know, the wine guy Ollie Smith, mm. and they've got uh, a, a golden pale ale, five percent in bottles, but they've also got um, an IPA on draft. So I was I was able to have pints of IPA at a couple of the bars, um, but also the Harvey's canned range you know like the rebranding yeah yeah and they've got um, a 4% lager and they've also got a malt brown which is um, a bit higher they were really nice the branding's lovely it's that sort of um, it's got a real feel to the labels on the can it's kind of like that matte finish really matte finish but it's got a not just the matte but it also feels the contours of the actual drawings as well they were really good Um, and also I hadn't tried it before but also their best bittering cans as well and it was really nice. It was really well conditioned because um, I'm always a bit nervous about traditional bitters ending up in cans. Canned best bitter, yeah. It's uh, not, it's not, one some, not something I'd race towards. No, um, but again, they were really good. So hats off to what Harvey's are doing with some of their new beers and their rebranding. Uh, but it also gave me a chance to revisit a couple of beers I hadn't had. Um, one of them being Bateman's Mocha, um, which going back on my untapped I had had once before um, but as part of the great British beer hunt that Sainsbury's used to do just about to call (laughs) that and say I bet that because that was one of those beers that seemed to appear in that every year yeah and rightly so actually because um, and I found the picture I had of it of where I bought all 20 of the beers because I couldn't decide what to have and Bateman's was in there yeah and it says 6% beer but if it was a newly released beer from an up-and-coming craft brewer, people would be talking about it a lot more than they are because it is full of all those chocolate flavours, but superbly drinkable at 6%, and it's in a 500ml bottle. And I think, if memory serves me correctly, it's also it's quite full-bodied as well, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, it's quite thick. Yeah, I would love to have it, see what it's like on cast yeah. because I think you'd get that thickness, but it would just round it off a little bit more as well. Um, and the other one I just want to give a quick mention to um, El Goods Cool Ship Fruit Sour um, now I've heard a lot about El Goods and the fact that they do the open fermentation in their cool ships but I've never got around to trying the beer mm. um, and it's a lovely soft gentle lambic like type of beer um, for those, for people who are a bit nervous about maybe diving in on some of the very traditional lambics say a Cantillon for example this would be a great way of doing it Really refreshing again and make a great summer beer. So that, that was my beery highlights from the cruise. Quite, quite, a, quite an adventure there, really. Yeah, and like I said, I was so pleased last year when I found a few beers. You know, my, my, you know, obviously one of my favourites, Jaipur, is still on the ship. 
It's just that they've gone down from 500s to 330s. So, you know, a little, a little tear when I saw that. Um, but also the fact that they do have a bit of a selection. You just have to... It's just not as obvious as the ones which have all the tied... Yeah, yeah. You know, the t- tied taps and stuff. So, yeah, not too bad for a, for a, a, a seven-day cruise, I think. I'm, I'm intrigued about the, 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 the sort of the craft beer shop in France. And is, is there much of a... Was there much of a French offering in terms of the craftier beers? Yeah, what we found was that the um, last year, the French craftier beers definitely tended to be on the stronger dark side, um, which I sort of put into my head as being more like maybe some of the some of the red wines, and so to speak. A lot of local cider as well, um, from like the Normandy region, which is where, where we were in Cherbourg. And also, but this year they had a lot more hot forward beers available, which are currently being produced in France because we we had a couple of them while we were there. So yeah, I would say it's definitely um, a growing a growing market. But you know, it's all very well me and Michelle rocking up once a year, <laughs> but that's, that's not going to sustain their business, is exactly. it? Exactly. No. But while we were there, there were plenty of locals coming in. Not so many stopping to have a drink, but doing a fairly decent takeout trade of. You know, filling up a traditional shopping basket, and uh, they were going for a lot of the French beers. Okay, I didn't. I, I sort of paid a bit of attention while they were buying them, and wondering which ones they might pick and that kind of thing. And a, a few of them really were homing in on their their local ones as well. Yeah. So yeah, it would appear to definitely be something that's coming on. And the fact that she feels uh, strong enough and in a good enough position to open a second place, and not that far from Paris, I think speaks volumes, really. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. So if I, if ever you're in Cherbourg, you're looking for a shop called Beers. B double E R Z, the place to visit. Place to visit. You can drink in, take out. <laughs> Which sounds like you had a great time. Yeah, yeah no, it's lovely. At, at least. Um, similarly to that, I um I went to Bishop Stortford. Similarly, <laughs> how did that as, as a segue, Steve? That, that does not work. <laughs> the worst segue ever. <laughs> um, but but no um specifically to go. And this is where the similarity comes in, specifically to go to a place called uh, the Bishop's Cave, which was a wine, cheese, meat, craft beer and pie shop, um, which essentially ticks all of the boxes. Ticks all of the main food groups, don't yeah, really? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's this little shop um, in, in, in Bishop's Stortford. They've also got a branch in St Albans as well. Um, very dominant on their wine selection, but with uh, a cheese counter at the back and then three draft craft beers okay. and a pretty decent fridge full of, of craft beer as well. So um, Andrew and I, we, we booked a table um, half past 11 on, on a Saturday morning. I don't, I don't think we could have got in there any earlier. I would have loved to know what they thought when they took that booking. <laughs> we tried. <laughs> Um, uh, with and, and I was very much of the intention of sampling the cheese board and, and going for a cheeky pork pie on the side, but I was devastated to find out that they had no pork pies on, no. on that day. So we just went for the cheese board, and it's, it's quite nice because you get to choose uh, any three of the cheeses from the selection that they've got in the deli counter. So whereas you go to a lot of places and you order the cheese board and you get what you get, yeah. this was you could actually choose the, the, the cheeses that, that you want. And one of the standouts was a cheese that had actually been soaked in Newcastle brown ale as, as well. So, so it, had a, it had a crust that had, had obviously formed on it, but there was a Newcastle brown ale. And it that was the strongest cheese we had. And 
it did have quite a bitter kick to it as well. And I'm not saying that took on a lot from the beer. That might have been the characteristics of the cheese anyway. Yeah. But um, a good few beers in there. And the, but the standouts for me, there were, there were two beers that were American imports that, that they had in. Now, I'm always wary buying an American import Especially from a cheese shop in Bishop Stortford. Fair enough. Because when when you say craft beer, Bishop Stortford, I don't think would appear in the top 200 or so places that you'd list. Probably not. <laughs> um, but having a look at the dates on these two particular beers, they weren't too bad, actually. So you could Because American beers, you had to work on the, well, this is the bottled on date. I think one of them was three months, one of them was four months, which, which isn't too, too bad. And they were both incredible. One of them was from Green Flash, and it was called Remix IPA, it came in at about 6.5%, something like that. But it was proper old school, West Coast style. Yeah. Um, properly cuttingly bitter, absolutely beautiful. And the other one was from Belgian Beaver, which was their Mosaic Double IPA, which was a beer that I spotted the minute I walked in there, and I kept going back to it. And we got around to ordering our last beers, and I was still umming and ahhing over it. And in the end, Angela just said, she was just like, you just get the beer because it was the one that you went for when you went in and I'm, I'm so happy I did it was it was absolutely perfect as, as a beer but nice little venue um, we were chatting to them and they were saying they obviously most of their trade comes from groups of people coming in for sort of like birthdays and sort of the, yeah. the wine and cheese offering more so than the beer but it's great to see there's this one little place in a town on I think it's actually in Hertfordshire uh, yeah, I'm always Bishop, Stor- Bishop Stalford is definitely Essex, Hertfordshire. It's on the border, border isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Um, great to see them embracing craft beer. Yeah. Um, and then while we're in Bishop Stalford, we just had a bit of a. I, I, I sort of said before we went, look, I'm not just going for that. And I had a look on Untapped and found a few other places. I was like, let's let's visit. Yeah, you did a few pubs, didn't you? Yeah. So went into one pub that had was offering twenty percent for camera members. I think it's the first time I've actually used my camera membership card so I, I proudly got my 20% <laughs> off in there I was like I'm happy I've got this um, with, the, with the exception of the last place we went in which was the, the local Spoons all of the others were just a little bit hit and miss though uh, first first place we went in had a pint of ghost ship that was the end of the barrel and he still served it and he put it on the on the, the bar in front of me and he was like oh it's alright that'll settle in a minute and I, and I was oh. looking at it going so that's not going to settle mate so in the end I took it and drunk it it was it was ghost shit but just a bit more stringent than what you'd, you'd normally yeah. expect from it um, and then uh, a couple of the other places that like I say it seemed as though at least three of the places that we went in by looking on their websites all advertised themselves as the music venue of Bishop Stalford which kind of makes me wonder if they must have a big music scene if there's three venues advertising the the live music venue in the town but the Spoons was the last place we went to and I'm actually glad it was because I walked in there and straight away there were about half a dozen beers I wanted to try because obviously they've got their new craft offering now Um, and one of those craft offerings on the keg taps was Green Devil by by Oakham yeah and I was like well I need a pint of that before I go (laughs) Um, but I was I was actually drawn straight to uh, the hand pumps because they had on the latest collaboration between Six Point and Adnams which was a beer called Low Res and good it was really nice actually I don't know whether it I I mean the label the name of it very much in the same sort of style as the cans of resin and I'm just wondering whether they've literally done kind of a session 
version. Session resin. A session, session resin. Yeah. Um, but no, it was really nice. Really, really drinkable. But I, I must... I've got to admit to drinking it really quickly because I wanted to get to the Green Devil. <laughs> <laughs> so you weren't exactly savouring it there? Wasn't exactly savouring it, no. Um, but I enjoyed it. And as, as a place, I mean, I mean, we visited... We visited the obviously the, the the bishop's cave, and then I think we did four pubs. Um, yeah, standard sort of little, little town. town. We were kind of so the bookends were good. Yes, yeah. The bookends were good. Everywhere in, in between was a bit meh. Nah. Yeah. Okay, we well can't we can't have everything, and at least you've given it a try. At least you know there's a, if you do find yourself in Bishop's Door for whatever reason it is. There are a, a, a minimum of two options. Yeah, and, and it was interesting because obviously throughout the day I was posting. I did one of these things like I did when I went went to Whitham, where I was taking a picture of the place, putting it on Instagram with some thoughts about it, and some thoughts about about the beer. Now, obviously, when when I do that with our Instagram, it also goes to Facebook and Twitter. So I was picking up quite a lot of comments throughout the day, and a lot of people seem to be staying that. A lot of people choose Bishop Stortford as a place to stay if they're flying out of Stansted rather than actually flying, like staying at Stansted because yeah. it's not that far away. No, it'd be a bit cheaper. And people say, oh, I never knew these places existed. So yeah. uh, at least, you know, if, if you do find yourself flying out of Stansted and staying in Bishop Stortford... There are a few options. There, there are a couple of options, yeah. There you go, a public service from the one and only stay of Beer O'Clock Show. Absolutely, I do these things for our <laughs> listeners. Um, what, what else have you been up to there, mate? So the only the only real major thing I did was was a few days before it was probably a week before the cruise. Uh, Michelle and myself went to uh, one of the local breweries, the Billy Ricky Brewery, um, and they had their spring beer festival the weekend before Easter. Um, a bit like everywhere else, the weather wasn't great the day we went, but we were able to be inside, so it wasn't too bad. Um, a good selection of local beers. Um, they had a few from a relatively new one called Leon C. Uh, something from Keppels who again are local to us in Essex so sorry listeners these names may not be familiar to a lot of you um, but what I did like that Billy Ricky were doing their best to help them out as well with the beers and so we had some really nice beers there and what I always do like is that you know again I know the people at Billy Ricky and we, you know, we know Trevor there as well um, it's it's a tap room which has got a really nice feel to it if I lived in Billy Ricky, that would probably be my local because it's got that really comfortable feel in the tap room of being a pub. Yeah. And, you know, they've got a really good bottled range, again, of the local Essex beer scene. But they've also got um, a keg. They've got a couple of keg lines now. So they, they have gone a bit on the crafty side. And they have a fairly decent range of a lot of the popular London craft beers as well. Um, and that seemed that, and a few Belgian beers. And that's sort of what they've got in there. But it's just a lovely space, and it's um, ten minutes up from the station. Um, yes, you, you, it's a bit of an uphill, but it's worth getting there. So yeah, that that was that's my beer adventure for yeah. for, for pre Easter. Well, t- again, staying on that local theme, um, we we did have our regular bottle share, which you missed because you were sunning yourself on on the decks of a boat in in the Mediterranean. Less less sunning this time. <laughs> Um, which was a, a actually a really small gathering this time. I think because it was Easter, um, because we do have this kind of it's not a rule, but we are very strict in adhering to. No, it's a rule. 
it's a rule. a rule. It's always the first Tuesday because let's face of, it, of the month. The, fir- the 2nd of January. Yeah. We still had it. Yeah. And I think I think we kind of maintained that rule because, and a few people have said to us in the past, oh, can you move this one? Can you move that one? If we start moving it for one person, you end up moving it for yeah. everyone. And then, so, so we've always said, it's the first Tuesday in a month regardless. So a small group of eight people, some, some interesting beers were shared some others not so as is always the case with these yeah, things that's what, that's what it's about though isn't it but yeah but it's still it's still just a great little group that we've got there yeah. I think we've we've topped something like 420 unique beers now that's pretty good going that, that we keep on sort of a spreadsheet that we have not include and that's not including a number of home brews that have been bought as, yeah. as well so and bottle share extras when yeah. we made like your birthday gathering and stuff like that if you were to factor all that into it it's probably more 450 yeah. uh, that we've done now unique beers over, over a period of time but um, yeah I mean there's just one one standout beer that, that just really wanted to mention which was um, beer called No Country by Garage Beer Co um, which I think I think Matt bought uh, along, which was this big, thick chocolate stout, and it was it was it was almost beautiful. We had that last, and it was it was lovely to finish the evening on such a kind of such a tasty beer. Actually, to finish it yeah. on, I don't, I'm not familiar with with the, 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 that brewery or their beers. Really. Yeah, I'm sure they're from, I'm sure they're from Spain. Actually, Garage Beer Co. But it was it oh, was, actually that rings a bell. Well, and that would make a bit of sense because. Matt's been to the Barcelona Beer Festival yeah. before, hasn't he? Yeah, but it was great, great beer. That and the, um, the Owl House also had on, on tap uh, Hamilton's N7, which is always a cracking, That's a cracking beer. beer to go to. And they had it on keg as, as well. So I think I had one before. I might have had two pints during the bottle share and then a pint after as well. <laughs> so it was, drinking pints during the bottle share. Yeah, yeah, because the, the uh, even though we were getting decent pours, it just wasn't enough. <laughs> um, we'll finish the first beer. Yeah, what did you think? I mean, I, I finished mine and it just went down a tree. It went down a tree. Uh, only at the very end was I getting anything that would 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 make you think it was a pilsner. I'd agree with that. I was getting a lot of, kind of a lot of lemon from mm. it throughout well it does, I mean it does say you know and again thanks to Signature Brew for sending us their, the little booklet but it says our go-to lagers played its part in many a late night session both in the recording studio and at the bar the highest quality European noble hops are amplified by the simple clarity of water yeast and malt resulting in unmistakable floral hits and a pleasantly pleasingly bitter finish all the hallmarks of an instant classic I think it's got all of that apart from the fact Bit like you, I would have picked it out in a blind tasting as a pilsner. Pilsner. No, but I did enjoy it. I did, and I know that one of Signature Brew's ethos is is that they want they want good beer in music venues, and all for that. Yeah, I'd I'd be more more than happy to to try like have one of those passed me over a bar in a dingy music venue in London than a can of Red Stripe. That's, yeah, that that goes without I'm, saying. I'm uh, with you on that one because I mean. Just, I just haven't been to. I don't. I can't recall the time I've been to a music venue and been excited about the beer. Fortunately, I've always been excited about the music I've been going to see. Yeah. So the beer's almost secondary, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. But if you could couple the both. Yep. And also, four percent pilsner. Yeah. Be quite drinkable, isn't it? Yeah. Drinkable. Yeah. So what have you um, opened for the second offering then? Okay, so this is um, Roadie, and this is a four point three percent all night IPA. So I'm guessing this is their session, session IPA, IPA yeah. isn't it? It's got some nose it's on it. It's got a lovely nose on it. 
Ooh. Oh, wow, that's stunning. That's, that's delicious. That's really smooth. Yeah. Now, we had this We had this on one of our visits to the Vic. Yeah. Maybe one of our planning <laughs> meetings that we had there. And I've got to say, that's not too dissimilar from the cask version that, that we tried. Yeah, no, that's um, tasting really nice. I'm really yeah. enjoying that. Very um, soft, full mouthfeel to it. Yeah, soft. It's, it's Again, the, the, the malts are playing their part in it. Um, lots of fruit flavours going on mm. in there, though, as, 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 as well, really coming through. Nice bitterness on the finish, really well balanced from, from beginning to end. Yeah, again, a bit like the pills. I'm not sure how long this will last in the glass. So we, we should probably crack on. We, we should probably crack on. So we've got a couple of... Um, couple, couple of joint events. Yes, that we, we went to. Um, we do do stuff together yeah, occasionally. Yeah. Other than this. <laughs> yes. The, um, we went to what was classed as the spirit of sharing at the Irish Embassy. Um, which, apart from anything else, the chance to go into an embassy building is is one not to turn down. Absolutely not. Yeah. And it was a beautiful building, you know, staircase and the room, the two or three rooms that they used for it as well. Really nice. Um, Wayne from the Irish Beer Snobs was over for it. Special special guest appearance in London for one day only, effectively. Yes. Um, and, uh, and did just, he make the most of that? Yes. Well, to, to be fair, we did as well. Yeah. Well, he would have made most of it unless I, th- I think he was stuck on the tarmac yeah. at Dublin Airport for he, three he, hours. He spent more he? time in Dublin on the day than he meant to yeah. than he did in London. He would have done a few places in London more. But um, the the you know the spirit of sharing is about what they're trying to showcase is that the Irish drinks that we may not be aware of in the UK. And predominantly, it was the spirit side of things, wasn't it? It was, yeah. it was the whiskey and the gin. They had a few of the beers there. Um, and those cream liqueurs that cream they liqueurs, do so yeah. well as well. Um, but I mean, I, 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 I am a whiskey and gin fan anyway, so I was quite excited by a few of them. And we had, they were all really friendly, had some really nice tasters. But I have to admit, a couple of the gins blew me away. They were really, really nice, really gentle, really tasty, very drinkable as well, with or without the tonics. I think I think it's probably some of the the, the, the spirit of sharing the spirits the spirits the, of sharing that actually uh, led to my downfall on that evening. Yes. yes, yes. So apologies to the couple of people we met up with in the pelt trader later on. Yes, if we made no sense at all. <laughs> Why well, we were we were insisting on drinking pints of Colonel. <laughs> that's the that's the only thing I remember. I couldn't tell you which where it was. But I know we were drinking pints of Colonel because we needed pints of Colonel then at, at that point of the evening. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, that was a great evening. And before I've got, I've just got to just say as well, I did find uh, I, I was there a little bit early, and I managed to find uh, thanks to your recommendation because I think originally if we could have done it, we were planning on meeting up beforehand yeah so you recommended there was a fuller's bar close by um that i found my way to and i had the most beautiful pint of esb um cask esb that they serve in their big pint tankards that they do oh the the actual esb pint yeah tankards. it was beautiful yeah i, 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 just, that. I was the pub looked nice as well actually it was a lovely little pub yeah it was it was it was, it was, it was uh, for the time of day it was quite busy um, but it wasn't too busy, you know, it wasn't too loud, everyone was just having quiet conversations. Because it's balls. quite hard to find pub in that bit of London. Yeah. You're not far from, you know, a lot. A few of the other embassies, you're not far from Victoria, there, yeah. you're not getting that far away from Buckingham Palace and the parks, it's quite hard to find a pub. Yeah. So when I saw that one, I thought, yeah, but I just couldn't get away from the office. Damn no. day job. Well, I didn't think I'd be there in time, but I managed to get in literally. I think I gave my, managed to find myself an extra 15 minutes, which was time enough to get to that pub. 
and have a pint um, before I went in. So that, that was cracking. Um, and while we're talking about cask beer, uh, another perfect segue. That was a good segue. It was, wasn't it? If, if only we stopped highlighting when <laughs> the segues were so good. Um, we we both went to the cask 2018 festival yes. uh, at the weekend that was being hosted. I think it was hosted by Affinity, yeah. but it was also in their brewery and they was using... Partisans New space part of where Partisan are now because where Affinity are now used to used be to be yeah yeah so a bit of a symbiotic relationship obviously for us it gave us a chance to go to Partisan because I hadn't been to their new town no I hadn't nice space beautiful space plenty of space outside when you, if we get some summer not yeah. feeling like summer is ever going to come at the moment what, what's your Game of Thrones winter is coming winter yes. is staying at the yeah, moment yeah I think it's not going anywhere is it um, so it was quite nice to to get down there so what they did was they had a program which had advertised the beers on Saturday and Sunday and the beers that were in both venues like a lot of these things a few of the beers had got switched out yeah from the time they did the print the program um, I think I each thought, brewery had been asked to send two beers yeah. hadn't they I think, and was it they had been asked to send one light and one dark they, were, it was, it, they didn't want the same type of beers yeah. from both of them there you know there was a few beers which stood out when we went there which we had said well we would definitely want to have those I think what I want to say first was that it was it's year one. I I'm I think it was really good that a couple of you know what would be classed as craft breweries in one of the hipster areas decided to showcase cask. Um, was it in the end much different to some of the cask experiences I've had at camera beer festivals? Probably not. What I would say is that the dark beers probably still were the better beers to, to aim for. Dark beers absolutely shone through yeah. on, on the weekend. You know, uh, I will counter that by saying, but I was still very excited to try the Northern Monk New World IPA on cask. Yeah, and we, we put a lot of scientific research into we did, that as well. Because, you know, we don't just do these things lightly. No. Again, we take, take hits for the listeners. Yes. And even our creative director, Clayton, took a hit as well yep. for, the, for the listeners. So the three of us had a trained beer. So we all we each had a can of the New World IPA. And then the first beer we had when we got to the Partisan Tap Room, who were the ones who had the New World IPA on cast, was straight into the New World IPA. Yeah. And I have to admit, I did enjoy it. It was just a bit more rounded, a bit softer, very easy to drink. But it definitely lacked that sharpness and bite of the New World IPA in the can or on the draft. I think I think that's the thing with some of these, and we'll call them New World IPAs, is, is that if, if you do get to try the cask version of it, they are a very different beer. Yeah. The, the only other one that I can make comparison to is, is having had Axe Edge on, on cask, as, as well as yeah. on, on keg and bottle, that the cask version of it is a completely different beast. It's you can you can taste it's the same beer, but it's a beer where on cask it's all about the malt. That's what shines through in it. The hops are there, but they're not playing the leading role. Whereas when you have when you have a, a bottle of, or axe edge on keg, you get sharp. It's a hop hops. straight away, isn't it? You get you get the bitterness, but it just comes from a yeah. different direction. And and I think that was the same with with the new world, and obviously from the point of view as well that it was all gravity poor. So I, I, I won't use the word flat, but it it maybe had it been served through a hand pump, it maybe would have had a bit more. Yeah, to it. It, the the dark beer shone. 
Yes. Yeah. Uh, and so on that note, what's what was your couple of standouts? That I think we agreed on these anyway. Well, New World IPA was yeah. was obviously one one that stood out. The the other ones before I go to the darks were there was there was a beer by Affinity themselves, which was it was called April, and it was a it was a Citra bitter, which was really interesting actually in terms of what it actually was and what it tasted like because it's that that's you'd not normally associate using a citra hop as a as a shining hop in in a bitter and it just worked for me i know you wasn't yeah it was less interesting for me i found that it didn't work i I didn't think that effectively a citra hopped best bitter married together very well but I thought it was interesting, and I was really looking forward to trying it, but it left me a bit nonplussed in the I end. think that, that was also getting towards the end of our time there. Yes. And I was getting to the point where I was getting a bit fed up with just having the same style of beers. Yeah, plus the fact we got to that stage where Affinity is a much smaller operation. There was a bit of a constant queuing going on as well, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, we, we were literally ordering a drink, going to the back of the queue... Drinking, ordering a drink, yeah. and that side. So it became a bit less relaxed, didn't yeah. it? But that was our choice to do it that way because we wanted to try a few. Oh, absolutely. We uh, but the two dark ones that, that, that shone, and this will probably come as no surprise to anyone, the first one was uh, Wild Beer Co's Millionaire, which. And that was, I think, my first Wild Beer Cask. Yeah, so same. It's the first time I've had that beer on cask. And it was delicious. It was delicious. The, 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 the salty side salty of it really came green, yeah. through more than, than in the other ones. And, and the other one, and this will be quite interesting because it's a beer that we're going to be drinking later on in this show, was Signature Brews Anthology as, as well. Well, I don't want to say too much about it now, actually. We'll come back to that. We'll when, I think we'll talk about the cask when we have when, the can. When we drink it, yeah. But no, like so, I mean, it's, it's, it's an interesting first attempt. It, it does make you question, when, when you looked at the breweries that were involved and the beers that they were bringing, I'm surprised the event didn't sell out. And you have to question if that had been kind of a craft keg festival with those beers, with those breweries bringing yeah. those beers... I think that would have sold out. It was great value. It's five pound for that. You got your oh, glass. Not, yeah, I'm not knocking it. Up, you got all, your glass yeah. and you got your first half pint. So it was a no-brainer. I mean, basically, that just meant they could control the numbers by selling the tickets, which they would have to do because they've got quite you know relatively small spaces yeah. compared to traditional beer festivals. I think there's a few things they'll. I'm, I'm sure they'll bring it back. I think there's because they've already rebranded to Cast Twenty Nineteen yeah, on Twitter. Yeah, they're doing it again. Um, yeah. And I'm sure there'll be a few things they'll tweak as well. Um, so I would like to see them do it. Um, I, I'm just not sure what 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 exactly they're they're aiming for because obviously their big thing was about really showcasing cask. Um, I think what it might have done was people who do keg normally may well have tried cask. There could be some people who have tried cask for the first time. Maybe, yeah. You know, whereas we've done it the other way around because that was what was available to us. Mm-hmm. Now it's you can get plenty of good quality keg on tap so maybe this is for some people their first time having cask and probably their first, maybe their first time having cask of gravity for certain absolutely yeah so I think I'm, I'm pleased they did it I think it was good value and I w- would look forward to seeing what they do in future years yeah it was like so for, for, for what you paid for it it was, it was a good value day out yeah and we got to meet loads of people Yes, shout out to everyone that we met. I can't, yeah. I, can't, I, I can't remember half of them. No, it took me. Uh, it took me. I think it took me three tweets because I, I did it and then 
Oh yeah, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like and another thing. But it, it was great that people were just coming up and chatting to us yeah. as, as as well. So so that was really it was fun to meet everyone. Yeah, as 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 well. Yeah, good fun. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Um, so we're almost at the end of uh, beer number two of of this evening's <laughs> selection and, and beer adventures. Is that the show done? Uh, no, there, no, no. no that's, uh, <laughs> that's probably part one of. Three, you, you could probably say. A, a trilogy, all in one night. Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm, I think this is um, fantastic. Actually, do you know what? On on draft cold in a hot music venue, this would be fantastic, wouldn't it? It would be really, really tasty. I'd really look forward to having this. And again, you know, it's only 4.3%, so it is sessionable, properly sessionable other than our maybe not using the word sessionable quite so wisely every now and again. I mean, they, you know, this is, basically, you know, it's, it's Citra. Formats, keg, cast, can. Yeah, um, it, it works. It works again. It's another, another, potentially another one of those beers that crosses the, the various divides on the, on the formats yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, should we dig into some news then? Because oh, God, no. There is a lot of news as, as, as we're kind of limbering up for Steve's those... warming up for the news. For those listeners that can see nothing. <laughs> um, okay, so first up, and, and this is news that, that came out today, as, as we recalled on, on Twitter. Uh, a few weeks back, we mentioned about um, Stone Brewing Co. basically having a bit of a pop. Uh, um, Miller Coors over the Keystone the beer. The Keystone beer. Yeah. Um, well, well, today it, it came out that apparently um, Miller Coors has now put in a counterclaim against Stone. Um, that essentially, over the course of about 12 tweets, someone broke down the entire 86-page legal document. It was at least... It was the longest thread. Yeah. And that's with the 240 characters. You've got 280 characters now. In a nutshell, basically, what, what, what Milikos are saying is that they use the word stone in relation to beer first. Yeah, and the, <laughs> and the guy who, you know, again, as well as doing the tweets, actually had links to either the pictures that Milikos had posted as part of the 86-page document... Or links to other bits they're talked about. Yeah. Um, and yes, it would appear that in the past, um, prior to 1996, which I think is when Stone came into being, um, they had used the word Stone as an abbreviation, you know, so the, the little apostrophe in the word Stone as an abbreviation for certain things. Um, I guess in a nutshell, what it shows is that, you know, I think we mentioned it when we were recording with the guys from Men Behaving Badly. And I think we all said, yep, yeah, go for it. But, you know, at the back of that, you can only go for it if you're on firm foundations. And it seems like they haven't done their research. And maybe, A, they haven't done their research, and but ultimately, Medicores are going to also have deeper pockets. Yeah. So it's taken, what, six weeks to two months for this to come out. They've got someone or someones, whether that be lawyers or researchers or researchers and then lawyers saying, yeah, this, this holds, this stands up, and then they've released it. Now, where this goes from here, who knows? Because, you know, the ultimate end goal, if more Mawson calls really, really want to push it, would be that saying, well, look, we did use it first. We can prove we used it first. 
and we will take you through every course in the land, yep. you could end up with a situation where stone can't be called stone. Well, yeah, yeah and that's, that's the sudden realisation I had this afternoon was, because I was tweeting about it, and I literally did that. Then had this realization that actually, if 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 Stone lose this, and and it's found that that word in beer is trademarkable, and actually Miller Coors have got the claims to that trademark, Stone are going to have to completely rebrand everything every, apart from the gargle. Everything from the name of their brewery to their flagship beer is going to have to change. Yeah. So this is. Potentially, a, what we said at the time might have been a bit of a media stunt that could have backfired very, very badly. Yeah, I mean, hopefully on, it on hasn't. Moment. And maybe this is just Mawson Call's way of saying, well, look, don't, don't try something you shouldn't. Absolutely, yeah. You know, because we are bigger and we have got the money, we have got the resources. And if you poke us with the stick enough times... Yeah, we're going to poke back. So, so do you, is that your gut feel that it's a bit of mu- muscle flexing that's going on at the moment? Yeah, because I think what they'll do, because if they really wanted the good, if Mawson Coors want good publicity, and let's face it, no company ever wants bad publicity. If they feel they've made their point, they could then go. However, we recognise that there are probably very few people out there in the general public who will truly mistake Keystone. For stone, or who have ever drunk yeah. both, or have ever been caught drinking both at the same time. The one may have drunk Keystone twenty years ago and developed a taste for stone further down the line. Um, you may have to get Stone making some sort of comment, you know, oh, some sort it, of public apology. It was a maybe. bit of a joke. Yeah, um, we we took it too far. We didn't mean this, this, whatever it might be. Or they could go the whole hog and go. Actually, do you know what? We're going to protect our our name. Yeah. Hopefully it wouldn't. It'd be a shame because, yeah, you know, looking at it properly, there are probably very few people who would mistake both. Yeah, I think, which I think we said at the time, yeah. didn't, I mean, didn't we? Budweiser and Budvar managed to coexist for the last hundred years. Yeah. And they've had numerous litigation um, cases throughout various countries in various regions in various continents over the years. And they've managed to coexist. And their names are genuinely very, very close and are essentially the same name at times. Yes, yeah. You know, in one country you can call one Bud, the other one you need to call it Czech Bar or Czech Bud and whatever it might be, whatever the, co- the connotation is. So hopefully they get to a place where that doesn't happen. But I reckon it may just be a, a little warning to those craft brewers who think they're getting big enough to take on the truly big boys. Well, I, I do wonder whether it will act as a little bit of a deterrent for those craft breweries that do like to play little media stunts yeah, every now and again so. for the sake of publicity. Yeah. And while we're talking about Brewdog... Um, <laughs> Brilliant! <laughs> um, the, there were a few items of, of Brewdog news that have come Which up. Which always happens when we don't record. This was literally... The first one was the day after yeah. we, we wrapped the, the, the pub episode. <laughs> was that Brewdog have announced that they've essentially bought the... Yeah, they've had 100% bought out of the draft 13, house. 14, 15 draft house sites yeah, that there are. Is it 13... Is it, it's either 13 in total or 13 in London plus the one in Milton Keynes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the Draft House, you know, has been going for what, seven years or so? Um, they've bought it out lock, stock and barrel. Yes. 
Um, I think the key points to, to note from this one is is that obviously a, a lot of people have said, oh, this now takes the number of their bars in London because this is only really going to affect people that, that, that live or visit London and those in Milton Keynes because that's the only place where draft houses are. Which works for me. Uh, it works for you perfectly. I think a lot of people have said, oh, it's going to now take the number of brew dogs owned facilities in London to about 23, 24... Some, something like that. But no one says that about, um, you know, I, I could name 23 footers in the city. Yeah. In the square mile. And there have been comments that some of them are very close to existing Brewdog bars as, as well. Um, I, I think the, the initial news was quite sketchy. Obviously, over the course of that week, more news come out. And, and it's now... The, the, the key points that I think that, that we need to talk about are... One, they've they've made a commitment to keeping the draft uh, the draft cask lines yep. in the draft houses that exist, which is um, you know especially relevant because we discussed on a previous news item that Siren had agreed a contract with Draft House that a minimum of one of their beers would be available in all draft houses for the next two yep. years. So you know, oh, assuming they will keep that assuming that Siren still want to be part of that transaction but you know again that protects that as well doesn't it yeah I, I did actually say as well I think it was maybe the day that it happened that I I, I would still put money on us seeing Brewdog cask beer appearing at some point in the draft houses because um, it gives them an outlet it gives them a reason them to do to it to produce it now and they've got the they've got the space to do it in their yeah. plant up in Aberdeen so be interesting to see if that did happen but another thing we mentioned at the time was would a few of the macro or macro-owned beers still be available in the draft house? Well, they said no. They said they're going to be removing the macro lines apart from in one of the venues that is t- that's tied into an agreement for another yeah. two years. So that they've said they are going to remove the macro lines, which is obviously interesting because one of those macro lines, again, we've commented on this, yeah. is, is Camden Hells. Yeah. And Brewdog did make quite a public song and dance about removing Camden Hells from all Brewdog yeah. bars when, when Camden sold. I don't think they had a choice, to yeah. be honest. Although they've, they've said that Draft House is effectively going to be run fairly separately, they're obviously... They couldn't, I don't think they could, with their ethos they have in their bars and the very public ethos they've had in their bars, even the, the, when they did the, the collab with Ballast Point, wasn't it? Yeah. That just didn't appear in the end in the bars anyway. You had to go elsewhere to get it. Um, then, well, they, they, redact, they redacted their name on the labels, yeah. didn't they? Put, put a black line through exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. But the, um, I think that had to happen. Uh, but going back to the number of bars, I think, again, for the general public, apart from the fact that in the draft house you'll start to cut, see a couple of brew dog offerings, because I think they've said there'll only be a couple, then I don't think you'll notice much of a difference. No, well they've said again that's something they said. There's going to be no more than two to three brew dog lines in in, in the yeah. bars, um, and probably the most important thing is as well that they've said that they're going to bring um, all of the staff wages up to living wage as as well in, yeah. in the draft house. But they've bars. also said about doing the training, so presumably they'll offer the the cicerone. Mm-hmm training for the people who work in the draft house as well um i i was surprised by it i'll be honest i didn't see um didn't see it coming didn't in see that as being, an, a, as being a thing because you know i felt that draft house was quite quite small relatively speaking still um draft house i think has done quite well with what it, the model it has had in london perhaps charlie who runs it got to the point where he thought there wasn't that much further he could go with it if he wanted to stick to 
like I said, the outlier in Milton Keynes, but generally, if you wanted to stick with the London base, you can do much else with it. Yeah. And if Brewdog came in and offered him a good price, he's built it up from nothing. Why not? Yeah, I think only time will, will tell yeah. with, with that. So that, that was the first investment that Brewdog made. Yeah. Uh, the next one that they've made is they've invested in Hawks Cider as, as well, which is, uh, I believe, it's a London-based kind of craft cidery. Um, is that what you call them? Are they I think cider ciders, ciders, yeah. yeah. Um, so they're saying that basically they have tried in the past to um, create cider themselves, but they don't didn't have the expertise within their team. Um, they've got a commitment to wanting to provide other drinks other than just beer, so they looked at how they could support that category of the drink scene. Um, so they've announced that they've invested in Hawk Cider. Um, have they invested or bought? Well, I, think, I didn't quite catch it. Well, I've written, I've written here invested in inverted commas. So I, I think um, that I've probably taken that straight from the AGM information that I've seen. I mean, that's quite. I mean, that's quite acquisitive in two in a very short space of time. Yeah. Well, th- there is a part of it that, and, and I just want to say this isn't me doing my normal brewdog bashing. This this really isn't. But they're essentially becoming everything that they set out not to be. So that they're, they're they're buying other drinks producers. They're making investments into bar chains. They're growing their their, their bar offering. Their beers are available in every supermarket now. They've now got this deal with spoons. That they seem to have become was that the, everything that, that they hated at the beginning. Was that ever their ethos though? Wasn't their ethos about bringing good beer to the masses? It was, yeah, and and you can't knock them for that because they are trying to do that. I, I would say that they're trying and in large part succeeding in doing that. Yeah, um, and they, I suppose, they would argue that their their business practices are not the same as the, the traditional big big boys. Yeah, so you, could, you could argue that. Yeah, you know, with the living wage and all that kind of stuff and the cicerone training, they're not just saying, okay, well, you have to work work yourselves to the bone, and you know, we're not really going to reward you for it. There are certain aspects which are good. They are bringing good beer to the masses. And I know a lot of people through work and the beer tasting, but Brewdog is still, for a lot of them, as craft as they want to go. But if they go there, they know they can have other drinks as well now. So I think that, I think it, I think it's, um, it's an interesting one. It'd be interesting how it develops over the six, next six months to, to a year. And whether Brewdog do any more spending as well. Yes, yeah, whether they, yeah, throw a bit more money around. Yeah. And, and the last the last bit of Brewdog news is, um, and I know this is something that both you and I have um, signed up to, yeah. is their new um, fanzine I offering. Quite like, I quite like the name of it. Yeah. Fanzine, that's, I quite like that. That grabbed me. Yeah, me too. Which is essentially um, for 11 quid every two weeks, yep. you get three beers delivered to your... Door. Yeah, three cans. From their experimental pilot range. Yeah. And it seems to be, certainly the first six beers that they've got up on their website seem to be quite distinctive in terms of, of what they're offering. But some of them within those six beers seem to be an ever-evolving series. So they're going to be trying different hot yeah. combinations. And I, I, I saw it and I thought, you know what? That's a really great little idea. Yeah, I, I was actually, I thought it was, um, I liked the name of it. I liked the idea. The price point wasn't too outrageous. Um, if after three months or so, I feel like, oh, these are all getting a bit samey or they're not really doing much for me, I can cancel it. Yeah. 
Um, they deliver it to my door. I don't really have to think about it. Every two weeks, totally six beers per month. I'll get through six cans per month. That's not really going to be a problem. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see what they do. Um, I think so. Because I've never, re- I, like, as I said before, I've never invested in Brewdog, but I've, I will champion their beers appearing in other places because they are good beers, it, to my mind. I know some people will disagree and some people will say, you know, punk isn't what it was and that kind of stuff. But I think, I said, for a lot of people, it's as crafty as they want to go, it's Brewdog. Absolutely, and that's and that's great as well. Yeah. That's absolutely great. So it does mean that if I do want to go out with friends in the city and I suggest Brewdog, and the Brewdog Brew Pub, 10 minutes from work, is it's rumoured to be opening either this month or May. If people, want, people from work will want to go, I won't have to persuade them and they'll go, oh, well, can we get so-and-so now? The, the name Brewdog will probably be enough. Yeah. And they've just announced, actually, that they're doing a similar one in Manchester as well. They're going to be opening a, opening a brew pub in Manchester. Oh, I missed that. Well. So a second site in, in, in Manchester Ooh. As, as well. So, again, constant e- expansion from Brewdog. If only, if only that was a segue into anything else. Uh, if Yeah, well, it's a segue into beer because yes. we've been... This beer's been sitting here looking at us. We, we have been we have been talking. So yes. this, is, um, this is the backstage IPA that yeah, we've got Yeah, so there. this is their... Step up from their session, isn't it? It's quite. It's darker in colour. It's definitely darker in colour, and it's not quite quite clear. It's got a haze. Yeah. To to it, hasn't it? It's got a bit of a maltier backbone for me. Very malty. There's a lot of um, a lot of earthiness going on there. Yeah. That's, that's a very traditional English IPA. Yeah. What what's going on there? I think. Yeah, be interesting how that develops. Quite a stark difference to the to, to the session IPA. The session IPA feels that much more modern, hop forward to this. Yeah, very much so. So I don't know which one came first. I've got I've got no real point of reference. I don't know enough about signature brews. No, no, I don't. I don't. I think they might have been developed at about the same time. Because this one feels like it would have come first. It's been around a lot longer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just because it has got that more traditional multi backbone, the earthiness, whereas the hop forward seems to come from the beer, which is a bit less in the percentage so we'll see how that develops in the glass indeed right let's dive back into the news then because there is still a lot more there is to get through so a couple of quick um quick points from that have come out from Seba. um firstly they've uh they awarded john keeling um a lifetime achievement award um at their recent beer x event in liverpool (sighs) what's he done oh i don't know he brewed a few beers didn't he yeah that's it yeah that's all he's done he chatted a bit about it yeah um, so this uh, apparently it's quite a prestigious award because it's not presented every year and, and only goes to those deemed truly worthy. I'd, I'd like to see the criteria for truly worthy. How you're truly worthy. I suppose it's always quite good to get a lifetime achievement while you're still alive, though. Absolutely, rather yeah. than a posthumous. Great, great <laughs> shout. Yeah. So um, just congratulations to, yeah, to John Keating very on well, that one. Seriously speaking, very well deserved. Yeah. Um, also from Seba at the same event, um, Signature Brew, who um, obviously we're drinking their beers tonight. Uh, they were named Seba um, Brewery Business of the Year 2018. Um, so this is around things like, not just around the, the beers, but it's things like their marketing implementation and how they run their business and uh, things that make them stand out from the crowd. So uh, again, congratulations, congratulations. To, to Signature Brew for for that. Um, so we've got some more news. Uh, this this heading back to London for these next couple of bits. So we've got uh, London Beer City announced that um, it's not returning this year. 
Um, so after four years, now I, I would never have said that it'd been running for four years. I would have guessed that three, maybe yeah. like, maybe the first year, like a lot of these things, is quite small, but I would have said three years, but it's a bit of a shame. It is. So for, for those people that don't know, um, beer writer Will Hawks is behind, he's the driving force behind London Beer City. Yeah. I think we spoke to, to Will on a pod blast that we did last year. Um, and that, was said, in, that was enough to put him off. That was enough <laughs> to put him off, yeah. He said he's um, he just simply hasn't got time to do it justice and, anymore, so... Um, quite a shame to, to it is a shame that, because it was um, it was a good way of pulling together because unlike a lot of the major cities who have their beer weeks London is so vast that to pull something under one umbrella was quite a task yes and I thought the last couple of years there was definitely quite a lot of different events going on which ticks a lot of boxes for people but if you haven't got enough time you ain't got enough time and you, you have to try and fix that, things in don't you yeah yeah um, Stand in London, um, the, the, probably the fairly big news uh, of, of recent times is that the Cloudwater announced that they're going to open a London tap room. See, that was my segue. Why did you say that when I said it? Because I was too focused you on wanted the beer. getting back to the beer, yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, and they've since announced that um, they've, they've basically got a space in Bermondsey which sits between the more taproom and brew by numbers yeah and if they can get rid of their twitter handle burmo juice i'll be ever so grateful yes it's uh I, i'm not sure whether they're just trolling people with that or whether that's definitely what it's going to be called <laughs> um as always with these sorts of things twitter was divided over a number of things firstly yes. over it's not a taproom it's a bar <laughs> which seemed to be the, the biggest... That's a bigger discussion for another yeah, day. There's uh, way too much news for that one. Yep. Um, and then uh, a lot of people saying about the location as well and are they going to take business from the already established breweries, etc. Um, but again, I think it's one that only time will tell. Yeah. With... Um, I mean, from a purely selfish point of view, I look forward to being able to get the chance to have some fresh cloud water when I'm in London. Yeah, I, I think that's the thing. I think they, they have also said that um, they're committed to getting the beers from Manchester to London and on tap within 24 hours of them being released yeah. as, as well. So it's pretty much going to be yeah, brewery. Yeah, let's fresh. face it, they're not the, you know, Northern Monk have already committed to doing a brew pub down in London in yep. the next two years. You've already got more have moved in. You know, London is a very large place. I mean, as a business, it's almost silly to completely ignore it. But I'm sure Cloudwater won't, aren't planning to turn their back on their Manchester roots. That's where they are born and bred. I, I don't think... I think a lot of people have said, oh, well, their lease is up and they could move, and I don't... That I, makes no sense at all. I mean, London's far more expensive to be setting yeah. up. And if you were a brewery... I mean, you know, how the breweries get so much beer out of such small spaces where they are sometimes, in those arches in Bermondsey, and then trucked out around those roads... Why would you move from where your your lease is in yeah. the industrial estate in Manchester, where it's a lot easier, better access, to a lot other bits of the country? It I, makes no sense. They're not. I don't think they're going to do that. No, I I, I think we'll see them staying in in, in Manchester. Um, talking of Manchester, uh, we're good at this. I, I am. I'm really good at this this week. Um, so we we had uh, the first news coming out about this year's Manchester Beer Week. Um, which will run between the 29th of June and the 8th of July. Um, that basically they're setting up. That's uh, a long week, isn't it? It's a, yeah, it's ten days. <laughs> um, they're setting up a, a competition which aims to settle the debate over England's best brewing city. 
Now that headline in itself has upset a few people, largely because Newcastle aren't included. Uh, and I think a lot... I of, think I saw a tweet from Miles. Yeah. Um, so there will be teams from Bristol, Leeds, London and Liverpool, as well as two teams from the host city of Manchester that will create one-off collaboration beers that will be put to a public vote on the opening weekend of the festival. All of the beers will be launched at the Pilco Summer Beer Thing, which will run over that first weekend. So um, essentially, a quick rundown on the teams. First Manchester team is Cloudwater, Track, Runaway and Wander Beyond. And the second team is JW Lees alongside Marble, Beatniks Republic and Panoma Island. So a few new names in there. Yeah, a couple of new but names. But I only know because I know that Beer Nomicon have done interviews with two of those, yeah. at, at least. Um, the Bristol team includes Lost and Grounded, Left Handed Giant and more. Leeds includes Northern Monk, Kirkstall and Z- Z- Zapato. Liverpool, Mad Hatter, Chapter, Neptune and Top Rope. And the team from London is Four Pure, Beaver Town, Brew by Numbers and Orbit. So, um, be interesting to see whether any of those collaborations actually make it out into any sort of small package format for, yeah. for people to maybe try a, around. Maybe a special case. Yeah, that would be ideal, wouldn't it? It would be. Then we can, then we can all vote. Yes. Um, while we're talking of special cases of beer from the North, <laughs> there was also um, the announcement of the Independent Northern Craft Brewers Uniting to celebrate the Great Exhibition of the North. So this is uh, a new series of beers called the Northern Powerhouse Brew Series. Um, basically, there are going to be one-off beers that are brewed by Buxton, Cloudwater, Black Lodge from Liverpool, Northern Monk, Magic Rock, Hawkshead, Thornbridge and Box Social. We'll all brew in collaboration with Wylam at their home brewery. Um, and we'll release a case of eight different beers in four 40 meal cans, each that have got a design that has elements of each town and cities and their coats of arms incorporated within the design. Now, pictures are available of these yeah, beers I've online the and they do look stunning. Yeah. I wonder if this is going to be this year's must-have collaboration series. There are only going to be 6,600 of those cases produced that will contain all eight of the beers. That won't take long to go. And they will go on sale on the 22nd of June. That won't take long to go. That, that won't. I'd love to get hold of a set of those to give them a try because there are some real big names in there. 22nd of June. What's going to be a bell? It's during the World Cup, isn't it? You'd, you'd know better than me. Oh, yeah, sorry. I've got assaulted there for a moment. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, still cracking on with the news. Um, some quick announcements about some um, so, some things winding up, actually. So, Emmanuel's, who we featured a while back and were great hosts for us when we visited Sheffield on the Crimbo Crawl. They were, they were the opening venue of the Crimbo Crawl. Um, Nick has sadly announced that um, he's winding up the, the, the Emmanuel's brand. Um putting it down just to time and his capacity to be able to run both that brand as well as the Sheffield Brewing Company. Yeah. Um, so good luck to Nick there with his future endeavours. Yeah. Um, also, there was the announcement from um, Hard Knot, yes. uh, from David Hard Knot, basically saying pretty much the same thing, that, that he was winding up the, the, the business and once they'd sold whatever stock they've got, that was that's it. it. There's no more Hard Knot, Knot beers. And then the final one um, coming from America being the somewhat surprise announcement that Green Flash and including in with that the Alpine brand mm-hmm. um, have been wound up. 
they've um, had to they had a national expansion strategy um, but basically their that their largest shareholder commercial bank has foreclosed on its loans to, due to outstanding debt and poor business um, and so the businesses have now been sold to a risk management company I was surprised I mean that's definitely a a very steep rise and a very big fall in a very short space of time mm-hmm. so green flash have been around for ages yeah. But then they expanded. They, they had plans to be able to ship to every state, didn't they? And then suddenly they, they opened uh, their east coast in Virginia, didn't they? I mean, that's tap room and brewery facility looked sparkling, didn't they? Yes, I mean, they yeah. spent a lot of money on that. Um, but a couple of bits I read, because I was quite curious about it, because it was a 20 million loan, which in the great scheme of things isn't that much. And if they were defaulting on that, that means they're defaulting just on even just the interest payments, let alone the principal repayments. Um, so it would appear that some of the comments I read was that before they'd expanded, they should have maxed out their, the markets they were already in. Um, they expanded too quickly, borrowed too much, but also, and this was something I wasn't aware of, their West Coast IPA, which is obviously their flagship beer, apparently they tweaked the recipe. Oh, okay. recently um, and that that was quite a surprise actually that they'd done that um, as you're doing all these other things as well you suddenly you're all, you're tweaking the recipe of your flagship beer would seem like almost like you're getting into a perfect storm but I mean we had Green Flash Session IPA recently yeah. and I had and we also had the Alpine Duet and I have to admit that they again are both very West Coast inspired beers, which I have really enjoyed. So, here. I'm rather hoping that the beers still survive, and the people who are employed by them have found something that will suit them either within the new company or elsewhere. Because it's a bit of a shame, but it's quite a well-known name to suddenly find themselves in such trouble. Yeah, and it and it has it's come at a time, as you say, where all of a sudden actually you're seeing Green Flash and Alpine beers fresher than ever in the UK. Yeah. Uh, as well because not only were the, the, those beers that, that, that we enjoyed they were one of the beers that I, I picked up in, in the place in Bishop Stortford that still had reasonable date on yeah. them as well so obviously they, they've just begun to sort out their international I'm mean, assuming probably cold chain distribution as well yeah which you would think would actually enable them to expand yeah exactly so it, it would it, it appears to be purely the business side of the beer that has gone wrong rather than the beer. Yes, yeah, but, absolutely. You know, without knowing all the details, who knows? But yeah, there, there seems to be a lot of it in one, sh- one short space of time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, any more thoughts on the beer before we get, get into the final few news um, points? I'm still, I still, I could have done with slightly less of the earthiness that I'm getting from it. Um, it's quite weird because I read that this one, the format is just keg and can. And whereas the roadie is keg, can and cask. Yeah. For me, this feels like it would suit cask quite well, especially with that sort of earthiness uh, and yeah, that body, that, that, that would boldiness. really work well on, on cask. I'm feeling that this would probably work better on cask than, than the roadie, to be honest. Yeah, abs- absolutely. But again, it was very nice. But I, if I had to choose between the two IPAs, it would definitely be the roadie. Very, yeah, I'd, I'd go with that as well. I'd choose that over this. I would take a six-pack of This is quite hard going. Yeah. Yeah, I've finished it, but that's because we've been talking with the news for ages. And yeah. it's still more to come. Right, let's, let's get through these last few points then. So West Berkshire Brewery, um, who are obviously we're, we're, we're quite good friends with the guys there, um, they've launched a, a quality cellaring scheme 
um, to help educate landlords and beer contemporaries in the importance of serving and keeping cast beer. So it's a new partnership with Day One Training. They'll offer the scheme to permanent stockists of their beers, which include uh, good, good Old Boy Best Bitter in the Renegade Keg Range. Um, one day course that will um, include topics such as line cleaning, the works it workings of a cellar, glass care, dispense, and product presentation. I mean, that's that's a good move, isn't it? For it any is brewers, take it's probably the stuff that was de rigor 25 30 years ago before the beer orders, to be honest. Yeah, um, Fuller's have announced that they uh, are including all 397 of their pubs as refill stations as part of the refill campaign app that's now available. Um, so this was started in um, Bristol um, by a company called City to Sea in 2015. It's a national tap water campaign that aims to make refilling water bottles as convenient as possible by introducing refill stations. Um, so is this is all part of the whole get rid of it is, plastic, it is, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, uh, and there's also a logo. Um, so if you walk past, see the logo, you've got an empty bottle, you can go in, you can fill up with tap water. That's, that's great, isn't it? Yeah, but, I mean, uh, from Fuller's, it's a bit of an easy win. It's good publicity, and it gets people into their pumps who may not have decided to pop in. Yeah. And you never know, you might stop for a pint of something while you're in there. Um, Carlsberg have said that they're um, to wake sleeping giant Tetley's with a rebrand and investment. Um, so they're going to um, basically look at the brand, change what it looks like. Could they just bring back the flavour and cask? Possibly. They've reflavoured it in the past. Let's, let's bring back cask Tetley tasting as it once it did that was one of my favorite cast that might be a good move actually um i mean they what they that they acquired the former leeds um based techies in 1998 and then closed that facility in 2011 uh, before contract brewing out to sites uh around the country um so they're looking to launch uh the 4.2 percent abv beer um fairly soon i'm not I'm not I'm, excited. I'm not fast either. I just thought I'd throw it in there yeah. because it sounded like a good idea at the time. Um, and then the last point of the news, which people will be glad that we've finally got to the end of it, is um, the the Victoria Ring, where we recorded the last show in, in the pub, are holding a keg beer festival. Yeah, um, so this is their first keg beer festival. They're doing it in conjunction with the local bottle shop in Colchester as well, Two Brews. Um, and it's going to be over the first bank holiday weekend, um, much to my annoyance, because I'm actually away for the whole of the bank holiday weekend. So I do feel that they've done it on purpose. Richard, I'm looking at you here. Um, but yeah, if you are in the Colchester area, the Essex area, and you have a bit of spare time, um, it'd be worth popping in, because I'm sure they'll have some great beers. And if nothing else, you'll be able to have a little bit of a look at the pub and get a feel for the place where we've recorded a couple of shows as well. Always worth a visit. Yeah. I, I, I don't think I'm free, which is a shame as well. Um, but I do wish them all, all the very best of it because I have become a massive fan of that place. Um, but also, I'm a regular customer at Two Brews as well. Um, yes, you are. Probably more than me. Probably more so, yeah. Yeah, so I, I do hope it, it goes well for them. And breathe. That's, uh, that's the end of the news. I think we've heard a beer. I think we have. I'm guessing tomorrow there'll be something massive announced. Probably. Of course it will. <laughs> Why wouldn't it happen when we've stopped recording? Exactly. Um, so I mean, why... the awesome cause would have been after we recorded normally because we're recording on a Wednesday, which is a very unusual day for That's, us. That is that is very true. Yes. Um, so yeah, we might have just missed that one. So, but but no, I mean, 
there's a lot gone on in, in, in the last few yeah. weeks. Um, and there's a few things that we've, we've maybe had some comment, comment on and there's a, there's a couple of other things that we, we're going to go a bit deeper into in future shows. But if anyone's got any, anything they want to add to any of the news items we mentioned, please do so. Absolutely. We always want to hear what other people have got to say. Yes, yes. So what's the next beer that you've just um, poured us here? Okay, well obviously we've had a few of their, the lighter, the lighter, the lighter offerings, the Pills and the Session IPA and their IPA. Um, this is their Nightliner Coffee Porter. Ooh. Excited. Yes. Two words that I love hearing together. And it's got Coffee Porter on the nose. Mm. That works. That works very well. Now, probably unfairly, I'm almost going to always compare any coffee, coffee porter to Common Grounds. Because... I don't think that's unfair. I think you'll always recall, you'll always compare something to something you either like a lot or if there's something which you've got a baseline for something really bad. I think you're always going to go for an extreme and Common Grounds, I think, for the percentage it sits at, flavour-wise, is pretty unparalleled where it is. Absolutely. Agreed. It, especially in its drinkability as well. Yeah. The initial flavours and aroma from this one, maybe not quite common grounds, but it's not far off. It's it, It's got coffee. That and it's there. smooth and silky coffee as well. And uh, that slightly dry bitterness as well. Yeah, and it's got the bitterness that you want from the porter. Yeah. It's, it's marrying quite well. Yeah, and I'm quite liking moment. the fact not too much of the roastiness. No, it's very balanced, very smooth on, yeah. the, on, on the finish. Right, so we've not recorded for four weeks which means we've got four weeks worth of polls oh why did we do that to, why did we put four polls out <laughs> well because we we well we didn't necessarily have to go into them all but we did say when we switched to a fortnightly schedule that we'd try and yeah, revisit of course, and also um you know we all, always appreciate the fact that people are still contributing even when we're not recording straight away as well yeah um, absolutely so what was, what was the first one we put out it feels like ages ago now well let's let's rewind and, and we're not necessarily going to do these in order as, as well because I've, I've done these uh, I've kind of looked at them in order of what we're going to get most discussion out of as, as part of this now so let's look at the first of the polls that we're going to cover opinions 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 which was the most recent one, actually, which was um, we're, something we've had a discussion about a while back mm-hmm. and was initially prompted by um, the lack of untapped recognition for, for this sort of thing. So we were asking um, about things like untapped when it gives a St. Patrick's Day badge. Yeah. Um, we're saying, well, surely this should be a badge for St. George and... Consequently, also St. David and St. Andrew yeah, as well, yeah. because we've got four patron saints in the UK. Um, and actually, that prompted Gannon Barron to, to ask the question Should breweries and pubs push St. George's Day like they do St. Patrick's Day? Um, so we had, we had 258 votes for this one um, the yes vote getting 45%, and the no vote getting 55%. So before we get into any of the comments, where, where do you stand on this one? I think they should. Um, and I think one of the comments will echo this bit. I think what the UK beer scene and UK pub scene is obviously lacking is a Guinness. Because the reason why pubs around the world are willing to support St. Patrick's Day is because they get a whole load of branded stuff given to them by Guinness. For all I know, they might get the Guinness cheaper for that period of time as well. They get lots of support. They don't really have to do much. They just had to put a, few, a bit of green up. Yeah. You know, I was in a pub on the Holloway Road 
because we wanted to end up in a particular pub to watch the football because all my family watches football and it doesn't strike you immediately as an Irish pub but there was plenty of green plenty of Guinness available and they were, and they were doing some food as well um, so I think yes I think they should I, I was annoyed with and uh, you know beer bods once when they actually had the beer bods beer came out on the Thursday and it was the 23rd and I went back to them and said why are we doing a Scottish beer they that said, was well, last year, wasn't it? No, it was a couple of years ago it? now. Yeah. And I and they said and they said, well, we hadn't noticed. Sorry, rubbish. You, yeah, you should notice. And yeah. you could have marketed that as well. Um, and I think yes, you don't. While it would be good to have a Guinness behind it, there's no to stop pubs doing it. Although what surprised me with the poll was the amount of people who commented saying because of the negative connotations that celebrating St George's Day. Now I've got Irish parents, but I'm English. I see no problem celebrating St George's Day as an Englishman and not having any racist overtones or undertones. Yeah. Or being bigoted. And, and I, 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 I'm going to just comment on that because there were a lot of comments like that. And we have always taken the view with the podcast that we don't have any political overtones or, or, or any sort of like anything where we'll sit on the right or the wrong side of what's considered no. correct. So... We're not we're not covering off any of those comments no. because and, and essentially largely ignored a, a lot of those. The, the the only comments that that we did get therefore that we can really talk about all echo what you said there. It, essentially, what you said in your opening is that we don't have a Guinness no. to to turn the day because you could question what well, is. Is St. Patrick's Day still St. Patrick's Day or is it St. Guinness's Day? It's, for a lot of people, it's St. Guinness's Day. Yeah. Let's be honest. You, in some places, you I was in um, the pastry yard the year before last and I, I don't know how it came about, but they we were having breakfast. It was breakfast, it was towards lunchtime and um, they brought, gave us free Guinness. I'm really not sure how that happened, but obviously I didn't question it because there was five of us getting a pint of Guinness each. Yeah, so I decided not to question yeah. that because that's probably about £20 worth of Guinness in the pastry yeah. yard. At least. Um, so, you know, I, I love saying, celebrating St. Patrick's Day. That is because I go to pubs along the Holloway Road, which my mum and dad used to frequent when they were younger. I wish we could do more with St. George's Day. I know it's on a Monday this year, but if St. Patrick's Day was on a Monday, it would be celebrated. It, it would, and let's be honest, it's also, we normally record on a Monday. Unfortunately, our recording schedule doesn't fall yeah. on St. George's Day. And be assured, if it had have done, we would have been doing English beers. Yeah, it would have been English beers. We'd already spoken about that it. Day. But let's just just taking the, the the few comments that we got on this one. So, so Neil Fletcher at nearly us thirty one said, um, "Which breweries that we champion have the clout to compete with Guinness though? For the re- for this reason, St George's Day is nothing more than say Tuesday to most people. Fair point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, bomb." <sighs> Uh, Bombardier yeah did do they did something they tried and they they? were actually basically giving away free Bombardier and this was quite some time ago and I remember me and Clayton were in a pub near work and I think we OD'd on it and I'm fairly certain I haven't revisited Bombardier since (laughs) I'm not surprised (laughs) well that lends itself to JT at Al and underscore and underscore metal says uh, a lot of pubs do albeit with promos on Green King or Hobgoblin etc would be good if a brewer put a twist on it and made a beer with new UK hops for it yeah or, I mean you still could get UK the you know like some of our local breweries like I said I mentioned Billericchi earlier if they brought out a beer that was 
not just a rebranded beer, but something that was new they decided to do just for St. George's Day. I think we could do more with it, even though you haven't got a Guinness. Yeah. And maybe that would turn the tide against what people don't like about St. George's Day. It became a bit more fun. Yes, uh, absolutely. So that, that, that was one of the polls yep. that, that we did. So um, thanks to the people that, that, that got involved in, in that. Um, next up we had, and again, this was, um, and I do like it when this happens. That these, these are suggestions from listeners that are saying, how about doing a poll on yeah. this? Or how about asking this question? So this was um, from at Hoops and Hops, who um, asked the question, and I think this was on the back of, um, when I posted a picture of a very out-of-date stone IPA cool, that ever? I picked up in Tesco's. Um, are supermarkets letting things slip in relation to how they look after beer? Uh, 297 votes, 76% of people said yes, 24% said no. And there are a hell of a lot of comments on this. So um, let's get into some of these and then we'll get on to our views. Okay. Uh, as well so first up from Pete at Hoops and Hops um, and, and I'm sure these people I do love to tag them in when we ask their questions so they can get an appreciation of how mad a Sunday night can be when you're tagged into a question that's being asked on Twitter um, Pete said it's a yes from me interested to see whether I'm it's just I'm just timing my visits poorly or whether others are seeing the short dates that I am um, I must admit I do always look at cans that you know are going to have a date on to make sure. I do now. These days. I do, I do now. Now, it's become a bit of a habit. I don't know whether it's a good one or a bad one. Um, but I do it with most produce when I buy it from the supermarket anyway. I don't, if I'm buying something for the fridge, which is meat, I try not to buy something which is, expires the next day. Yeah, so it's a bit want, of a habit. You want to get a bit of life out of yeah. it, don't you? Yeah. Um, I don't think it's down to timing the visits poorly, if I'm being honest. Well, there were, there's also some points in here um, about stock rotation, which I'm which I'm sure we'll get onto in uh, in, in good time. But um, it's it's interesting because you, you do see that you, you know your beer stocked up, and I'm always well, one of the things I actually do is is check the ones at the front and the ones at the back to see if they're the same date as as well, to see if the fresher ones have been put at the back because... Which they should be. Because they'll last longer. Yeah, but they should be. Yeah. If you're doing any sort of stock rotation, you should always be filling up from the back. Yeah. Um, let's let's have a look at some of these other comments. So um, James at Gammon Baron said, when when you see some of the macro shite they do put in fridges, which won't suffer any loss in flavour, uh, not being in them. So that's, that's, that's a good point. It's uh, a good point, but people expect to see that macro shite chilled. Because they're conditioned yeah. to, to think People so. are conditioned to see those particular beers out of a the fridge. They are never going to touch that beer warm. Yeah. They've been programmed. We've been conditioned over 20, 30 years, but that's going to be fizzy, yellow, cold. Unless so. it's in Sainsbury's, because apparently they, they don't need to keep their beer cold. <laughs> you help yourself, could you? I, I wasn't going to, but I just had to give Gary's moment of fame on the <laughs> podcast as well. Um, so Bristolian Stout at Bristolian Stout said yes and no I think it's always been bad but we are just more aware of how beer should be cared for that's that's probably a good point I mean when you know the first off license I mum and dad had which I grew above all our beers were in a cellar and that cellar was uh, I never remember that cellar being warm um, having having had to go down there and, and earn, my, earn my keep 
Um, I never remember it being warm, but yeah, I'd imagine that uh, Bristolian Stout is probably fairly much on the mark there. We just think about it a bit more now. Yep. Um, Chuck Davy uh, or Charles Davy at Chuck Davy says, uh, guarantee most people have some top quality beer at home sitting on shelves in a worse state than in a supermarket that they bought in a quality shop who kept the beer in a good state. And I bet they love the beer once it's opened. Yeah, but then it's my choice. That's true. Yeah. It's your choice. Once you've bought it, it's your choice how you keep it, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I can buy eggs, I can put them on the side, put them in the cup, put them in the fridge. I can get my bread, I can put it in the fridge or keep it out, my fruit, I can do what I want with it. Yeah. But I'm choosing to. So he's bang on, but I don't mind having my own choice. It's an interesting point you raise there in terms of eggs. Where do you keep them? I keep them in the fridge. But uh, I take them out an hour before I cook I, them. I, I don't. So. But that's partly because it's just an easy place to store them as well. Okay, coming next week on Opinions. <laughs> Egg o'clock show. Eggs. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Matthew Lawrenson at See the Lizards, um, not much point in stocking them if the staff knows sod all about them. Just another SKU to most. I wrote this on Wednesday about the problems craft has in supermarkets from an informed worker's point of view. So, What does SKU stand for? I, I, don't, I think it's product code. It's something to do with product code. Oh, okay. Um, now, I, I'm going to post a link um, to this blog in, in the show notes because um, it, Matthew does go on to say that he does work for a very well-known supermarket, that he's not allowed to say who they are, but if you read the blog and you know about the range that they stock, you'll work out which supermarket okay. it is. Um, and he does work in the beer section. Um, so it's quite an interesting read. Okay, so, cool. so, so give give that one a, a read on that one. Um, friend of the show, I'm not going to say listener because he told us at the weekend that he doesn't actually listen. Um, <laughs> yeah, if it wasn't for the artwork, I'm not sure we call him friend of the show anymore. Yeah, at Clayfish. I can say what I like about him now. Yeah, because he doesn't listen. <laughs> Um, says, um, but not knowing a pr- about a product doesn't mean that you can't treat it right. For instance, keep frozen food frozen. Don't put heavy things on squishy stuff. If there's a guideline produced for handling beer, it shouldn't be a problem. Just takes input from head office. Valid point. And that was fairly much in response to uh, See the Lizard's tweet. That was part of the same thread, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Unless that is your head office's Sainsbury's that are issuing things telling you that... Two mentions. Beer doesn't need to be refrigerated. <laughs> Two mentions. I can't believe we've done that. Yeah, sorry. Allegedly. Sorry, I'm putting but it, in allegedly. It's it, it's interesting because I, I think this is this is a good point to mention this actually. That again, news today that, that Beaver Town are now going to be stocking their beers in Waitrose. Yes, so they're going to have core range of six in the end. Did they no, say three? I thought they said there was three more to come. They didn't. They say that only oh. half of the range. Because well, someone said about the dark beers. So dark well, they're, beers they're launching with Nick Oil Gamma Roy and Gamma Roy. Gamma Roy? Who's Gamma Roy? It's, it's a new beer. It's a new one for Waitrose. Yes. Ray, Ray wasn't posh enough for, for Waitrose. <laughs> How many beers we had? Too many for this show, obviously. Uh, yeah, okay. So, Gamma Ray um, and... Luke Lloyd. Luke Lloyd. So but they did say they, that they said that was only half the range. I well, think yeah, it's really six. Well, when you look at Beaver Town's core range, that is missing... Eight ball? Yeah. Um, no, not eight ball. <laughs> eight ball? You're getting carried away again. No, it's called eight ball. What's the, I thought that was Magic Rock beer. The Rye I, what's, what's their Rye IPA called? I'm sure it's called I, eight ball. I thought it was Magic Rock eight ball. That's Magic eight ball. Magic eight ball. Isn't that the same beer then? No, because that's a black IPA. I know this is a Rye IPA. 
I'm sure it's called April. Okay, but I thought Black, I think Black Betty's going to be one of them as well. Black Betty, and then probably something like Holy Cowbell. I was thinking Holy Cowbell. Maybe. The India Stout. Yeah, so, but it's it's interesting, and, and that, again, divided Twitter. Yes. Because a, a lot of people were saying, well, you've screwed the independent shops because they are completely and utterly core beers that they will be stocking all the time. Yeah, because Beaver, this is the first time Beavertown have ventured into supermarket territory, isn't it? So, it's an interesting one. Interesting again that Waitrose has been the is, is the choice as well. So it's been a choice for a few breweries in the past. Yeah. I think that's where Formbridge first went into as well. It's where Wild Beer are. Yeah, so, you know, there appears to be a lot of trust because they're also then talking about, you know, well, how fresh would the beers be? And they're saying, well, it's going to be, it sounds like they're going to get minimal amount, minimal stock on a regular basis. Yes. Rather than we're going to deliver to their central depot once every six months. It's how it read to me when I was reading it on Twitter today. Um, it be interesting how it goes. And they're very different looking beasts to most of the stuff that Waitrose sell because Waitrose are very predominantly bottles, aren't they? They, they are, yeah. And it was interesting to say about the look of them as well. Somebody challenged Beavertown about the look of them and the whole Portman group getting yeah. on their case. And Beavertown responded by saying, we're actually having very constructive discussions with the Portman group at the moment to stop that from happening. So it's, it, it seems as though they've taken, maybe after the whole Tiny Rebel thing, maybe Beavertown have taken proactive steps to go to Portman and say, look, these are, these are our beers. They feature skeletons and skulls and things like that. They're not aimed at children. And they're going to be in the beer section. And they're going to be in the beer section. They're in the yeah. beer section. Yeah. So, you know, um, it's... I mean, I, again, I mean, I don't go to Waitrose that often anyway, but, you know, it'd be interesting to see how people receive it once we've gone past the... It's 30th of April, I think, they hit, actually hit the shelves. Yes, yes. So, so it'd be interesting to what people think after it's actually happened. This is just off the back of the news, isn't it? Yeah. Um... But yeah, wait again. I don't think it's actually the shops a lot of the time. I know that a few people say, but I think once they're out on the shelves in the shops, a lot of shops, depending where the beer aisle is, is usually isn't always a very hot part of the shop necessarily. It's probably where they're stored before that bit. Yes, and if they're out the back in a cold store, again that's fine. Yeah, but if they're out the back with an air conditioning unit that's facing the wrong way because it's air conditioning the rest of the uh, the rest of the place, then yeah. Who knows how yeah. they're kept at that point. But again, it's, it's interesting that a lot of people were saying, well, you've screwed the independence here. I'm not sure so much because Waitrose, there, there might be a lot of Waitroses in city centres, but certainly... Not, where, big, not big Waitroses because, again, your nearest Waitrose is Ipswich? Colchester. Oh, sorry, Colchester. The one in, one yeah. in Colchester. Then there's one in Billericay. So that's two you've got access to but you have to drive to both of them and, and to get to both of those I've got to go past places that would stop Gamma Ray yes or Beaver Town yeah. it's not, just go straight for Gamma Ray yeah. or even Gamma Roy or even Gamma Roy when, when they bring it I am looking forward <laughs> to trying Gamma, Gamma Roy, Roy yes, yes. Um, so yeah that was interesting um, last last comment on the supermarkets poll then and, and this was a number uh, even with the new character limit Mark Johnson couldn't get everything that he wanted to say in one Two, tweet, three, three, four tweets. So, big breath. 
Here it comes. Um, right, so this is from Mark Johnson, for, the, for those of you who don't know, uh, at Mark N. Johnson. Right, so, a couple of years ago, every single bottle shop I used had zero fridges. Just beer on shelves, stood around in a non-temperature controlled environment, you know, like in a supermarket. People didn't lose their shit like the whole drink fresh thing. This has become good advice turned into craft beer doctoring that is now hypnotising willing listeners. Yes, there are better ways to keep beer, but we have become obsessed in the past 18 months. Do we all have cold stores at home? I keep some of my beers in my shed, which has seen a 16 degree temp swing in the last two weeks alone. All the beers are tasting fine. Yes, even those half acre ones that need to be kept under a breeding penguin or something. I only buy supermarket beers canned bottled in, in the past three months, just as I only would in certain styles in any retailer, experts or not. After that, just accept it is a supermarket, not a place of expertise. I'm done. That's very much a good point. I've got a beer cupboard. I don't have a, a special fridge for most of my beers. Um, the ones which I want to keep cold, I generally try to keep them either in the right place in the cupboard or stick them in the shelf. So, he's, yeah, I mean, it, I think there's a, probably a, a good point. I think, yes, there are, probably has become a bit of a, a doctrine, same doctrine as you have to drink the beer two, two weeks before it's actually brewed, that kind of doctrine. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, there probably is a lemon that. But like I said, for me, the biggest point is that I want, once it's in my control, it's my choice. I trust supermarkets with most of their consumables because there's more chance that they're going to get in trouble for those consumables doing something to you. I reckon it'd probably be really hard to prove that a dodgy beer gave you the jip or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I've got, I've got to agree with you on that. Actually, it's yeah, it's, it's not, is it? It's just that there's maybe going to be a slight taste difference. Yeah. So, you know, yes, we could become obsessed about it. Yes, some of us do. It's probably in the same realms as you've got to drink your beer ultra fresh. But like I said, for me, it's just a case of that. I probably are now buying less beer from supermarkets than I did when... I got quite excited about them having it. I now buy beer from supermarkets more in case of need. More as a convenience. In case of need or convenience. Yeah. So at the moment, I'm currently emptying my house of nearly everything, and that includes beers because I'm moving in with Michelle. Um, so every now and again, I'm popping notes to the co-op when I am at mine just to pick up, say, a ghost ship or an oakum or something. And I will, yeah, we'll check the dates on them. But I'm not, I haven't got a massive, massive stock going on. So yeah, I use it because the co-op is two minutes over the road. Instead of getting a delivery to the yeah, it's convenience, is yeah. it? Yeah, and it's same with tram beers. Yeah, where do, where do I get tram beers from? I get them from the MS from the station. So, yeah, yeah. because well, it's convenient. But that's about that's about all I'm using them for now. I def, definitely use them a lot less. Mm-hmm. Final thoughts on the Nightliner then? Really enjoying that sort of dark chocolate feel to it. That bitter chocolate. That that the, the coffee sort of um, has fallen away for me a bit. It's become more chocolatey. The more, more I've drunk it. For me, um, oh, I was still getting a little bit of coffee on the on, on the finish. I'm still getting it, but it's, it's more it's like a smooth coffee, less pre- prevalent, I think. Yeah, very drink, very drinkable. Um, again, I would love to know what this is like. In from even from the keg, I think it'd be really nice. Um, and this has been done. This has been done with expert London coffee roasters, curved brick co. Um, so that seems to be definitely the new wave of coffee type beers, they definitely are getting involved hands They're getting on roasters coffee involved, roasters, aren't they? People that know coffee. Yeah, it's the same involved, as like yeah. Roland and Steve, it has been, you know, they've done collaborations and they're, they're collaborating again with uh, Weirdbeard for the uppers and downers, aren't they? They are, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, two poles in, two to go. Yes. 
We're getting there, everyone. We, we are getting there. And this, this next poll might tie in quite nicely with the next beer that we're going to do as well. So I'll, I'll ask the question and then we can pour the beer and see, see where we go. So this one was, um, I think this is the first one we did uh, when we went on our break. Um, when you see Dipper, what's your current expectation? Juice bomb or bitter as fuck? So we oh, got, is that what the AF meant? Yes. I'm so innocent, I didn't know. <laughs> we got 469 votes. So I've got, I've got to say, we do have a bank of what we consider to be throwaway polls. Yes. That, that we can do when we don't want to do them as a feature to a show or anything like that. Um, and, and just to keep the engagement going on a Sunday night. This was one of our throwaways. It got the most votes that we've had for a while. Yeah. On, on, <laughs> By on quite some distance, actually. And a hell of a lot of comments yep. as, as well. So 73% of people went for Juice Bomb, 27% of people for, for Bitter as Fuck. Like I said, 469 votes. And then a lot of really, really interesting comments, which basically broke it down between the expectation versus reality. And actually this is what we really want is this when what we're actually getting is 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 this so before we get into it we've just opened our next beer which is from the signature brew kind of specials range that they're putting out yeah so this is a slightly bigger can isn't it different branding it's just a well how would you describe the branding it's all almost very black isn't it and then with some sort of pattern on it it's almost like a light show yeah it's kind of circles on it isn't it yeah with, with, with different things and comes with the unique um foil lid as, as well yeah which basically does you know starts to make you think even more about a record doesn't yeah it, it looks like Old a record vinyl and it's quite nice because it covers that top and keeps any dirt off yeah. the top so if yeah. you are going to guzzle this out of a can that would have done its job hopefully yeah so this is their treble as it's called so it's a triple ipa 9.4 percent brilliant let's see if it's there for now Let's, um, I, I want to try this because I've been looking forward to trying this one for a long time. Quite a sweet sort of caramel on the nose. Sweet caramel, almost picking up a little hint of spices or, or, or something on that as well. That wasn't what I was expecting. Ooh, piney, resinous. Mm. But I'm still getting a lot of sweetness. Yeah, it's not got a big bit of finish. No, no, it's uh, it's very sweet. Not so, not by a not by a long way. Um, um, this what this one came out. I think what probably around about the time we recorded the last show, wasn't it? Yes, yes, it did. So it's, so it's been it's been out for a few weeks. So it's been out for about a month or so. It's not it's not old though, is no, it? No, no, I'm talking it's, about. I mean, I mean, yeah. it's just it's a, it is a fairly recent release, but I didn't get the chance to try it until now. No, this is, this is my first try of it as well. So, so while we're enjoying this, let's let's get into some of these comments then, because this was one that obviously really interested in, interested me and my personal views around beer and how it's presented and promoted and all the rest of it right now so first up miles lambert at miles lambert said juice bomb there is often bitterness but my only my bitter disappointment at the missing ibus just to make sure he's still number one fan for steve that sentence alone he just ticked off every box in in, in that sentence um bod at tribod said something very simple similar i just drank a triple ipa with 30 ibus yes you didn't misread this I didn't miss out a one. <laughs> Needless to say, I had to mix it with a kick-ass impy stout, but that's not the point. And that's in block capital. That's all in capital. <laughs> so he's shouting that, that yeah. last bit. 
Um, Charles Davy at Chuck Davy. Um, I need to get on board with being excited about Dipper. I currently see Dipper and get instantly bored and offended by the price. It still doesn't feel relevant to my idea of beer and what I'd order in a pub. Hope this changes and someone can excite me. Hmm. That's an interesting comment. Yeah. That was quite a standalone comment as well from Chuck. It, it was, yeah. Um, in... in what, like I said, there were a lot of comments to this as well, and, and a lot of comments were either in that kind of just need something more from them, and there were a lot of comments that were like they're very pricey. Well, I think like I think mean, this is what I notice as a trend with our polls is that um, the the question if people sort of vote yes, so they're in the positives a lot of the time, we get less comments from that group. Yes. We get less comments, but the people who say no feel more compelled to make a comment. And although we had some Juice Bomb supporter comments, a lot of the comments, and I said Charles's, Charles's one is a bit of a standalone comment, but a lot of the other ones were the ones who tended to want the bitter as fuck yes. type of beer. Absolutely. Um, so let's, let's take, a, take a few more of those particular views then. So Flying Welshman at Bix underscore Barton underscore SW6. The appearance of a fruit smoothie crossed with the aroma of a week old pine air freshener and my wallet crying. Some still deliver the goods, but some are just ticking boxes. I couldn't tell which side of the fence he was on with that comment. Hey, uh, no, I, I think he was going for more the... I, I'd like to know which way he voted. Yeah, because I can't tell from the comment. No, I don't think he's a fan of them, of, of maybe the juicy dippers. Um, drinking craft at Hoppy Tweets. I wish it would be made clear what kind of dipper it is. Yes, fucking please. I want that as well. I don't don't just tell me it's a dipper. I want to know if it's if it's juicy. I want to know what the IBUs are, and I definitely want to know if it's a nor- new North England, <laughs> new, <laughs> a, a New England style beer. You're just trying to help out Capital of Craft there, because because well, those are the three things I just don't want in beer right now. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be handy if the again Dipper. I for me, Dipper in my head still, although I know what we're saying by the question about your expectation now, but in my head, a Dipper is a bitter as fuck yeah that's my starting point that's that's it's where piney, i want to go it's retinous it's west coast it's axe edge amped up that's that's what i want it to be but i actually now think that the actual realization of it is that's not what it is if you see dipper what you're gonna get is you're gonna get something juicy something low ibus and something that looks like fruit juice that's that's what i think a dipper is now I think it's I think it's changed. Yeah, my, which, my expectation of what it is is different. Yeah, okay. So what you hope versus your expectation yes. are two completely different yeah. things. Which is which is summed up perfectly and I I said this at, at, at the time this was you're not going to get a better tweet than this this next one on this particular subject. So this was from um Hop Addiction at Hop Addiction expectation being smashed in the face with a Molnir hop hammer wielded by <laughs> hop god Thop. <laughs> Reality tickled by Elmo. <laughs> Which I, I did love that. 
I just think it's perfect. Yeah, you, you can you can almost go no further. Tap, tapped into tapped into our geek world at the same time. A- absolutely, yeah. And and there were a, there were not maybe not worded quite so well as that, <laughs> but that's where a lot of the comments fell on 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 this poll was was that your expe- expectation when you see Dipper or Double IPA is is that you're going to get something that's hoppy, it's bitter, and it is going to you, you know tear some of the layers of the skin off of your face but the reality is what you're getting now is you're getting juicy low IBU beers yeah but we should we should counter that by saying there were there were some comments about the you know juicier the better I'll, yeah. take, I'll take a dipper from the likes of Adunt Cloudwater Wylam Wylam you know still do Jakehead IPA which is nowhere near a juice bomb that's just a proper straight down the line West Coast IPA for me, yeah. um, etc. Over saying that tastes like a Christmas tree every time, and that's from David Markham at DW Markham. Also, Simon Clark at Simon Carbon echoed the same sentiments. Um, and, and, and there were a lot of similar. There were a lot of similar sentiments. I mean, that, yeah. you know, obviously from from our completely non-biased point of view, we've definitely put more of the we want the dipper to be nice and bitter. Um, you know, objective journalism are here on the podcast for you. Um, but yeah, I mean, my, my hope... But that's our preference yeah, as well, though, my, isn't my, it? My hope always is... What, but this is a hope for a, where I have it, an IPA, a dipper, or a triple IPA. I, I'm always hoping for the starting point to be roughly the same. Yeah. I just expect things to be ramped up. But not... I, I'm, again, less adverse to the New England IPA style than yourself... But I'm not a massive lover of it because I just don't need that big mouthfeel all the time. Yeah, it just it, it doesn't do anything for me. And I, th- I, th- I think for us, we hopefully this year will get the ideal opportunity to do that kind of stepping stone because I, I'm excited to hear finally the first rumourings of this year's unhuman cannonball heading our way. Well, it's a bit later actually, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, coming, well. coming in May this year um, rather than in April as I think it's always been and and I think we will very much be pencilling in a cannonball run show on, on live on air probably just not restricted to the one of each beer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, carnage. I said, t- t- tell you, I will certainly not be sharing any of it. No, so. I was like, okay, so it's one of those shows. Oh yeah, it's going to be cans each. Um, so, so yeah, I mean that that was quite an interesting one. Like I say, for for what we thought would be a bit of a throwaway, yeah. there was actually quite a lot of engagement. Yeah. For, I was I was for, quite I was for, quite for surprised at the number of votes in that one. Yeah, um, and well, you know, I know we're we're on a triple IP here, but what are your what are your thoughts at the moment of this one? <sighs> I want more bitterness for for a triple IPA. Yeah, I won less of that. I mean, I'm only guessing because I'm nowhere near an expert, but I'm guessing like Caramalt's been involved in this beer somewhere along the line. I know that it says that Bram, the hops are Brambling Cross and they can be a bit sweet at times, can't they? Uh, but, no, not not in this one. No. Uh, oh, sorry, I'm thinking a different beer. My yeah. fault. No, what does it say? No, um, I, didn't, no, I didn't see the right hops, side. Hops on the side, side of the can on this one. So we've got Mosaic, Summer, Chinook, Citra and Simcoe. Some I don't recognise. No, I don't. I don't recognise that as a as a hop. Um, doesn't say the the IVUs on it either. I think um, for me it's still that I'm still just getting to that the caramel or caramel has sort of eased off, but it's still there for me, and I'm really struggling to get past it. 
it is just a little bit it's a little bit sweet that's that's the only thing for me i mean it i'm, I'm gonna say it it certainly doesn't drink it's 9.4 percent oh, no. no 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 it doesn't drink 9.4 percent i just wish i still had a bit more of that uh bitterness and the piney resinous yeah what I, I, t- I just sprung to mind what this is for me is a young barley wine if, if you was to leave that can and, and let it age and let the hops uh, begin to die off I think you'd begin to get the makings of it's got very similar flavours and characteristics to some of the Fuller's vintages yeah. I, I think that would go full on barley wine over time I think you've got a good point actually it's, it's, it's quite a good uh, quite a good way to, to, to liken it actually yeah it's, it's tough though because again it's one of those things that for me I'm, I'm always going to measure a triple IPA against Unhuman Cannibal because that's really the only reference point I've got in terms of triple IPAs. Yeah, and it, and for me that's even less than you because you've, you've done every iteration I haven't. Um, it's just that in my head I have a certain, again, going back to the last question, I have a certain expectation and that expectation is less sweetness, more of that hot floral character coming forward, but also I want to be hit with that bitterness. Yeah, that bitterness and I, sharpness. That's what's missing for me. I wanted a, I wanted a bit of hit at the end of this. I didn't want the sweet hit, hit no. because the sweet hit makes it makes you want to just keep makes you want to guzzle it. Basically, what I want is a bitterness to make me sit back and savour it for a bit before I go back in for another bit of hit. Yeah, so it's, but I do know that a lot of people are talking favourably about this beer after it came out. Oh, it's it's, it's certainly had good reviews. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, and I would love to try it on keg. I think that time has maybe already passed us by, but... Yeah, probably. We'll probably miss that boat. Yeah. But it'd be interesting to see if this becomes kind of an annual release that, that, yeah. that they do. And like, like, like most things, there's usually a tweak in the process at some point as well. Yeah. Because, again, using un, Unhuman Cannibal as a reference point, the only reason the only reason you get that as a annual release is because they want to, they want to produce it when their hops are at their best. So that's why you only get it once a year. Yeah. It's also nice that, you know, despite me being called out on this signature brew called these tall boys as well. Rob. I don't think there's any real definition over tall boys. I think a lot of people <laughs> have referred to anything bigger than 330 mil as a tall boy, haven't well, they? Well, I certainly did, but yeah. you know, I was wrong, apparently. <laughs> right, last poll then. Um, one, again, quite personal to you and I. Yep. Um, with beer festival season well underway, what's your thoughts on children at beer festivals? 406 votes. Um, yes, 33%. No, 67%. So a big swing in the favour of, of, of the no here. Now, obviously, both you and I have children that you've openly said before. You've taken Michael to a lot of beer <laughs> Many festivals. Many of beer festivals. I've just started... With mine, I've just started taking them to, to beer festivals because uh, at the end of the day, it's the only way I'm going to get to experience some of these things sometimes when, when I've got the boys of a weekend is, you know, a lot of the beer festivals happen to fall on, on the weekends when yeah. I've got the boys. So I kind of, there's, there's, a, there's a slight selfish streak in me in terms of, well, why should I miss out just because I've got... Uh, just oh, I've got you know, I know, we're, we're going to get into the comments, but yeah, I've got quite a lot to say in this well, so I'll try and distill it. My opinion is that... I will go to the pub with my son. I'll go. I'm quite happy to be in the pub when there's other children. I. It's the same thing as anything. As a parent, I take responsibility a for my child. I take responsibility for the choice I make about where my child is. Much the same as the responsibility I take for let, letting him watch TV programs, movies, the games he plays on the PlayStation. I'm taking responsibility for that as well. I don't expect anyone else to look after my child. 
And I think that's where a lot of the problems come in is that there are parents who take their children to public events, not just beer festivals, any public event, and assume that everyone loves their little darling. The same as all dog owners assume that everyone loves their dog. It's not true. Some people do, some people don't. But your pet, your child, whatever it might be, is your responsibility. And you make a choice, you should be making an informed choice about when and where to go with your child. And that's what I always felt I've done. I haven't taken Michael to a beer festival at night time. I've gone to ones which run into the night, but we get to a certain point and I'm thinking, it's no longer suitable. Yeah. Why would I want to stay there with him? You know, it's no longer in an environment that works for him at the age he was then, or even the age he is now. In a couple of years' time, when I'm not necessarily looking after him, we're just going, it'll be fine. You know, you, you make a choice based on that. And, you know, that's what we do as parents. We take that personal responsibility. And I've never really had a problem with other people's children in any venue I've been in for any event, provided I'm not expected to look after the child. Well, let's let, let's go back and look at the, the cask event at the weekend. You, you, you took Michael and yep. I, took, I took my eldest, George, who's only 12. And I was apprehensive uh, about doing so. Because the last time I took them to a beer festival, I took them to Top City. Maybe not the best call on my, my, my part that, that, that I took them to that festival because mm. it's a completely different Sorry, I'm going to correct you. You took them to Hop City as their first beer festival. Yes, not the last one. Sorry, yes. You yeah. took them to Harwich, which, which would have probably been better as their first one. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, and I was apprehensive about it, but actually, come Sunday, George actually said to me, I really enjoyed myself yesterday. It was good fun. And that that was nice to hear from from him, yeah. As 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 well that he had actually enjoyed himself. And you know, let's be honest, he sat in a corner on his phone most of the day, as did as did Michael. Yep, yeah. What, what, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, basically, the the uh, the introduction of Apple iPhones and s- s- other devices that are available. Yeah. Um, has been a massive uh, assistance in taking children to beer festivals, anyway. Um, but yeah, the one bar I've taken Michael to the most is in Chapel in Essex at the East Anglia Railway Museum, which has a Saturday, the Saturday is the family day, lots of outdoor space, but also they have old railway carriages dotted around and you can even sit in some of them while you're having your beers. So it's always felt more than just a beer festival. And that was for the first four or five years I took Michael to beer festivals. That was probably the one that I took him to solely because it was a nice introduction. Yeah. I very, understand why you do yeah, that. Yeah. It's a very family-friendly atmosphere. Would I, would I have chosen to take Michael to Hop City? No, I probably wouldn't have. But again, it's your personal choice. And we're all allowed to make that. But I assume that for, my, for the time you were there, you had your eye on both the boys, and they were probably both on their phones, and you were making sure that they weren't causing yeah. any issues. I've got, I've got to say, I, I didn't enjoy the experience because it was just me with them. The other two festivals I've been to, I've been with you and Michael. Yeah. So actually, I've been with a crowd of people, and and there's even though they don't talk, there's been other. It's young still, it still feels easier, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, I get that. It's, you know, most of the time when I've gone to chapel, there's been other people there. My mum and dad used to come down sometimes. Um, Carl, listener of the show and friend, he's been along. Him and his missus. So there's always been other people. It, it definitely makes it easier because even just that very practical moment when us as adults have been consuming a lot of liquid, need to go to the loo. Absolutely, yeah. There's the, there is that moment yeah. when 
you have to have a you I've got to go to the loo so yeah there's other people around who are part of your group it does make life easier mm-hmm. just from a practical point of view yeah now again this is this is one where if, if we dig into it I think we got a lot more comments probably from parents that had voted yes where a lot of the people that voted no had just voted no and didn't Left justify it. their reason and it may may very well have been a no because I don't want kids in my space while I'm in, enjoying a beer um, so I'm, I'm, we'll dig into some of these and, yeah. and, and see what came out so um, again a, a lot of similar similar comments but one of the ones that came up a lot um, and this was first one to, to mention it was Andrew Hamilton at OB Network and also Cy at Leeds Beerwolf was during the day yes in the evening no which I think you, you commented on yeah. when, when you were saying there um, we then had um, Emmanuel's at Emmanuel's and Sheffield Hotcast at Sheffield Hotcast say that they've got small children and it's the only way they can enjoy a couple of casual beers at local festivals. Um, plus, as, as someone involved in, brewery, in, in, in the brewing industry, I want to engage with my friends in the industry. However, after a certain time of day, I need to have a good session without them present. <laughs> Very practical. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you don't need the additional responsibility. Um, Paul at UNRCD and Beer Monologue at Beer Monologue said, um, liked what the landlord from the Vic said on the last podcast. If kids, dogs and adults are well behaved, then there isn't a problem. Yeah, it's a valid point. Adults can be just as well as misbehaved as uh, kids That's can be. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Ball, Ball P at Ball P33, beer isn't for children. If you want to spend time with your kids, a beer festival probably isn't the best place to do it. No, I completely disagree. So, so do I, because we're not making the children drink the beer, are we? No. And I would say it's better than hiding them away from it. They hit 18 when they can go and legally get pissed on their own without any sort of supervision whatsoever. Yeah. I'd rather they get exposed to what can usually be, especially for the kind of festivals I go to, where during the day it's a fairly responsible attitude to drinking beer and drinking alcohol in general, that they get to see it. I think it's better then. You have no access to alcohol in your lives whatsoever for 18 years. Yeah. However, when you're 18, go on, knock yourself out. Literally. I, I agree. And also, as, as, as people that are quite involved in the beer world, and certainly from my point of view, you know, my boys are aware that I do the podcast and, and, and therefore there's a lot of things that go around that. I want them to understand what it's about. I want them to grow up in that environment of understanding that actually there are times when this drink is a means to an end, but there yeah. are other times where actually it's a, a social conduit or, or almost in terms of you'll go out with friends and you'll drink many of these over the course of the day and you might actually not end up drunk because yeah. you, you've just been having a great time with your friends. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I would I would disagree with that one. Yeah. Um, Rach at Look at Brew says, uh, this all feeds into the larger debate of bringing up kids around alcohol. <laughs> I think this is what I've just said. Um, which I'm happy to do. It teaches responsibility from an early age, assuming the parents are responsible, of course. Beer should be inclusive, and that includes family-friendly events and locations. Yeah. I think that's fine. I've yeah. got yeah. No, again, I might be coming from a slightly boys' bias point of view because I grew up above an off license, so alcohol was present in my life. You know, it wasn't. A t- it could never be a taboo subject when, for twelve or thirteen years, downstairs above, you know, we lived above it, was two floors worth of alcohol. It could never be yeah. a taboo subject no. around us because it's there. Isn't it's it? there yeah. all the time. Yeah. Uh, again, the next one, uh, a few people said this, and Michael McCall at Lebowski49 and Men Behaving Badly at MBB Podcast. 
Good point. I have two completely contradictory points of view at any given time. Sometimes adult spaces are what I want, and other times I'm happy for more family-friendly spaces. I'd lean on being more inclusive, though. I think that should be more prevalent. And again, that inclusivity thing about beer festivals should should be that. Um, David Holden at Yes Our Blog. Early sessions, yes, as long as the layout works, i.e. stairs, walkways, walkways, changing facilities, etc., Betty comes to loads with me. Betty's his daughter. So I think she's just turned one, so she's quite a young yeah. um, one to be going to festivals. She, she loves the attention and things going on around her. Don't see evening sessions, though, as a sensible choice. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But again, that's your that's your parental responsibility, yeah. taking over and going, do you know what? This is not the right time to be in here now. And also, from a practical point of view, that's also can be quite a long day out. Every beer festival I've taken Michael to, I've always gone there for when it opens. Yes. So we do the daytime bit. Which is what we did with cast yeah. as well, didn't we? We were there just as it opened. But also, the practical point of view is that you can feed them beforehand because you can't guarantee, because kids can be fickle, Yeah. Um, what sort of foods may or may not be on offer. So you, I tend to go there, wouldn't have eaten, do a beer festival. Okay, if they happen to do something, bonus, or I bring stuff with me, or I plan something afterwards and the beer festival is the bit slot within the middle. So yeah, but again, you know, the last two, the two or three of those comments are basically your parental responsibility. You know, and with men behaving badly, we took responsibility for those three and took what, them to the park. We had to, didn't we? Yes. Yes. You know, we, we had to look after them because they're, they, they're barely old enough to drink those after guys. After feeding them the ridiculous ABV beers that we <laughs> the do. The 26% yes. brew dog. Yeah. Um, final point on this one then. Um, from oh, Miles has decided to do a Mark Johnson. Yes. From the number one fan at Miles Lambert. Over about four tweets. Um, So again, I've got to hold my breath on this one and try and get it in in one. Okay, so lots to say on this issue. Firstly, there are are a big variety in beer festivals. Some better suited to be in family events than others. For example, a small local cricket club beer festival near us is very family friendly. No concerns over taking the kids there. However, larger craft festivals are no good for kids. You have to ask why you're taking them. If it's just because you want to go and have no childcare, then it's definitely a no. Your kids will only resent you for it. Nothing wrong with sensible introductions to beer festivals with older kids, but again, it's up to the parents to know if the right environment for your kids to be in and for the right reasons. Also, I don't expect other adults to be allowed to act like dicks just because it isn't because it's a beer festival. That feeling doesn't only kick in if my kids are there. I resent asshole behaviour at all times anyway. Hashtag opinions. And thank you for putting in the hashtag. Yes. So much easier to find the comments. Absolutely. Um, no, I think again, you know. It's one, you know, it's one comment, but it's, you know, so it's, it's a big paragraph. But he's right it's, again, but it's still saying fairly much the 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 thing is about you make your choices. Yes, it's like you book you book your holidays, you book your days out during the summer breaks based on what will work, not just for them, but what would work for you as a family, as a group, whatever it might be. Does will everyone by the end of the day still be you know, happy with each other, talking to each other? You you take you make those choices, don't you? Yes, absolutely. But I was quite pleased we got around because we were never sure when to do that one, were we? No, we weren't. But it seemed the right time, as as we said in the question, that it, it, beer festival season seems to be underway now, and also we were both taking ours to um, the Cask Festival as well, so. Maybe, maybe not. Okay, so... That's the polls done. That's four weeks worth of polls. So thanks, everyone. 
And especially thanks to people who hadn't necessarily contributed before. Yeah, a lot, a lot of new people contributing yeah. to, to those polls. So, so, so thanks to that. But as always with, with, with these things, if you do want to still have a have a comment on them, just um, have a comment, use the hashtag opinions, uh, and we'll find it. We'll keep that discussion going. Exactly. So um, we've opened another beer, Steve. The we, last of the, the care package. Yes. And, and this is interesting because as we record this... <laughs> We've already featured this beer on a show that you've not heard yet. <laughs> so, is this like Blue Peter, one we prepared before? It, it kind of is, because um, we're, we're about to tuck into Signature Brews Anthology, which is a big Imperial Stout that, that they've done. Um, but this also features on next week, the, the next show, not next week's. No, um, in, a, in a couple of weeks' time. The next show that you're going to hear, which is um, our next opinions on film, which is uh, uh, Avengers Assemble. Yeah, which we even talk about the film occasionally. Occasionally. We talk about the beer occasionally. We largely, go, largely go full-on nerd yeah. for, for two and, and a uh, bit this, 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 I think this was the, uh, the final beer on that as well, wasn't it? It, it was. It was indeed. So we... This is kind of a preview review. Yeah, so if you want to be geeky, it's a prequel. It is a prequel, but well, it's it's a it's a sequel prequel because we also had this at the weekend. Yes, so this on, was the beer which we were going to talk about. We had this on cask. And we it, did. It was the best beer I had. Uh, the cask we had stunning. You know, this is uh, what is this? Ten percent. Yeah, there or thereabouts. Ten percent MP stout. And we had it on cask at the weekend, and it, I think we had it as our last beer at Partizan before we went to Affinity to yeah. do the next section of beers. It was nowhere near that ten percent on cask. No, it was it was so easy to drink. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, yeah, cheers. cheers. Let's suck into this. Yep, that's really good. That is superb. That is. And there's all sorts of roasted notes going on in there. Yeah, this is the first of their special series, isn't it? It was. Special this, guests, This was released it. a while back, yeah. This now this was. This and was, we've had it... I think it was back in November. Yeah, we've had it three times in a short space, space yes. of time, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so a 10% ABV Imperial style, part of the batch being preserved in Shiraz Oak until the end of 2018. Oh, so there's another iteration of this coming out. Oh, cannot wait for that. So I suppose if they actually decided to, they could actually release it at Cask 2019. They could. They could. So, so Shiraz is a red, so this is currently sitting in red wine barrels. Yes. Oh my. So you could end up with a red wine barrel aged canned Imperial Stout. Wow. That's not bad going. That's not bad going. We live in, so, we live in good times. While we enjoy this, let's take some more listener comments. Let us know, write it down, let us know, write it down, let us know your thoughts and bitter in lingerness, write it down. So first up from Kevin McLean at KJ02MCL, uh, I'm late to the party on this one, um, Finals Yarl has to be up there in any discussion on session beers, consistently good, probably a favourite all time, never just mind session beer. Um... Yeah, I don't think we mentioned it at all, did we? No, um, shockingly so. Shockingly actually. so, because we're both big fans of it. Yes. Um, both bottle and cask. I don't think I've ever had it on keg. I don't think I have. I'm cask, from... because it turns up fairly frequently, the craft beer co, doesn't it? And it's also a, seems to be a bit of a regular at the big camera beer festivals as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, 
but I think it's a superb session beer. So yes, it's a great shout out and apologies for our omission. Actually. Yes, yes, we should add that one to the list. Um, from Gregor J at Gregor underscore J underscore on the subject of sessionable dark beer, you tried the Colonel Brewery Single Hop Dry Stout Range. Seriously, big beers for four point five percent. Another to look out for is Buxton Brewery Rednick Stout. Some serious alchemy going on there. Now I've had the Colonel Brewery uh, Single Hop Dry Stouts. Some of them, obviously, like with all Colonel beers, they change them as often as the, as, as the uh, the wind blows. I'm not sure I've had the Rednick Stout. I have. I've had it um, up at the the tap room in in, in Buxton, and it's uh, it's a solid stout. I think again, it comes in at about four and a half percent. Not too thick, quite quite thin body wise, but really easy to drink. So again, some. So I, I just love this that people are still getting involved in old episodes. Yeah, because um, that was both that was the the, the sessionable one. Yeah, which we did that was that was some time ago now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so another one, uh, Neil Hayden at Neil Hayden seventy three. Just listened to the pub episode, which was the last one that we did. Um, with the added bonus of my first mention on the podcast at the end. Well, Neil, second mention. You've just got your second. Congratulations. Um, I'm glad you enjoyed that because I have to admit I really enjoyed recording that. Yes, I did. And again, partly because it felt just like a chat. It was just a chat. We, we just yeah. chatted for a while, yeah. the guys, yeah. A long while. Yes, a, a long <laughs> while. Not as long as this one, though. That's, that's, that has yeah, to be that's said. True. Um, John Rogers at JM Rogers 2000 just popped into Tesco to buy wine and beers for tonight's England match. Had to advise them that all wine and beer on the top shelf was very warm due to a large industrial heaters blowing directly onto the bottles. So didn't buy any very warm craft beer or red wine. So very much linking into the discussion yeah. that we've just had. On, didn't, say what he did, didn't say what he did by the end. No, probably some cold Fosters or Carlin from the, the, the fridge. And some Chardonnay. Yes, absolutely. And then, then finally, um, it, it wouldn't be a show without Paul's question of the week. Questions, questions, fill my head. So this is from Paul at UNRCD. I'm buying more beers direct from breweries, but get annoyed by the P&P costs and some of the choices of Courier. Should PMP be incorporated into the price or be free over a certain amount? And does the choice of courier affect your decision to use them? Go. Firstly, <laughs> Paul, pleasure to meet you at the Cast Festival. Yes, I will. I will echo that. I know I've met Paul for a, a, a quick beer before, but it was nice to spend a good amount of yeah, time. It was, yeah, it was nice to spend a good amount of time. It was a lovely bloke. And I think he was very pleased that we persuaded him not to watch the nil-nil draw between Everton and Liverpool. Yes. Which you always know it's a bad game, but it's the eighth match out of eight on match of the day. <laughs> um, but back to his question. Yes. Um, uh, P&P, I don't think should be free necessarily. I like no. it if it is. But there is a cost to shipping stuff. Um, does um, choice of career affect your decision to use them? Yep. And I'll call them out. Anyone who uses Yodel, once I know they use Yodel, I don't use them again. Simple as that. And that's not just with beer. There's other services and other products that I bought from other retailers. Once I know it's Yodel, I've already paid my money. I have to suffer that delivery. Yeah. I won't order from them again now. So, yes, there are some I don't like. I also think that some uh, breweries could actually package their own beers better themselves. And again, there are a couple of breweries I will now I will no longer buy beers from direct because their packaging is shite. Um, because I can't be asked for the hassle of going back and getting replacements. Why should I? I just want it to turn up in good order. Um, and just because it's in a can doesn't mean it's safer. 
Than no, in a bottle. Because cans, because are, the cans can still get damaged. Cans are thinner than they used to be as well. Yeah. Because we're all trying to be environmentally friendly. We're trying to use the minimum amount of glass, the minimum amount of aluminium. Rightly so. Package it. You know, you get your beers from Beer Centrum. I think I heard someone say that they think it would withstand a nuclear blast. The packaging, without a doubt, honestly, the way the way that Beer Central package their beers is is brilliant. So you, so you get your box, turn up. It is it's wrapped in the most industrial type of duct tape. It takes a knife to get get through your initial box. You open it. There's a second box inside that's been padded with thick plastic all around it. So when you eventually manage to get that box out as well. What you've then got in there is you've got um, kind of egg cartons supporting everything around the side, and then every beer is wrapped individually in bubble wrap. There is no way any of those beers are breaking unless the couriers decided that they are going to play football <laughs> with that box. Okay, that's the most excessive bit of packaging I've seen, but congratulations to Beer Central for doing it. I th- but I think it's excessive because they're a small independent bottle shop and they know if a, if a bottle breaks or a bottle or can is damaged and breaks on the way to you, they've got to replace that yeah. out of their profit. I, and I get that and I don't understand why you wouldn't package it correctly. I did beer bottles for four years. Every three months, case turned up, raw mail, parcel force. Never had a problem. It's doable. It is absolutely doable, yeah. And if you use the right courier. Yeah, if you use the right courier and you do the right packaging, you should always end up with no issues. Um, so just don't fuck it up. Yeah. But I've got no problem with paying a fair price of P&P. But don't get me wrong. If someone says it's free, I'm not going to say, oh, sorry, can I give you some money for it? No one does that. But I've got no problem with a fair price of P&P. No, I haven't, but P&P is always the kicker, isn't it? Because you've made your order... And then you get to check out and you oh, forgotten to put PMP on. Yes. And, and then, oh, yeah. It's then, a bit like when you, when, if you go to like uh, one of these places which are essentially for trade, like a Costco or somewhere. Yeah. All oh, these prices are great. Oh, 20% VAT to be added on. Still. Yeah, you forget oh, that, don't bugger. you? Bugger. Um, but, you know, that, that happens. But, yeah, I've got no problem with PMP being added as long as it's a fair price and everything turns up the way it should turn up. Yeah. And that's essentially the PMP thing is, is the reason why we hold discount codes for places as, as well on our it website is to try and take the, the hit of the PMP off so we, we know that we're, you know we're not taking from profits of those independent retailers that give us discounts what we're doing is trying to just take a bit off of that price of PMP yeah and you know again if I get to the end and it suddenly comes up for say sometimes because some places do something over 50 quid is free it feels like oh okay that bottle of beer is free yeah that's how I that's how I work it in my head. So yeah, again, a good question from Paul. Keep them coming. I don't even know why I'm saying that to you, Paul, because you will anyway. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm 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 definitely the thing that says P and P fair. But there are certain couriers which you can go and do one. Yes, absolutely. And and I'm with you on Yodel as well. I'm not a fan of that particular courier company. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. Um, what is that? It? I, I think I think we are there actually. Just just want to say again that keep getting involved in what we do. Use the hashtag opinions. Ask us questions. Feed into the shows that we do, and get involved in the polls. Yeah, that's, th- that's how we manage to keep this going. This show works, and it's evolved over the almost two years now. We've been doing it together because we get the engagement. Absolutely, absolutely. So before we wrap up, the beer. 
final thoughts on still, this one still loving this beer it is really incredible yeah it's it's um again it's one of those beers that you do at the end of a series of beers yeah. which, which we've done tonight but it hasn't got that um, massive thick mouthfeel but, but it's, it's not but it's not enough. thick no, but it's not thick yeah. is it it's, it's perfectly balanced I mean this is a great impy stout and um, I, I'm actually gutted that I haven't got a can of this sort of aging away in the cellar because I think this will develop a little bit more over time yeah I, I do but I'm quite now that I've actually read about the Shiraz Oak I'll be keeping an eye out for yeah, that. Yeah, I, I will. Um, and if you want to listen to us drinking this beer again, after about eight beers before <laughs> it, at the end of a film... And there's a good chance we'll say less about it than we just did now. Absolutely. Um, listen to the next show that we've got coming out, <laughs> which is, um, as we've mentioned, um, our, our next podcast is going to be our next Opinions on Films released, which is Avengers Assemble, and that is dropping the night before... <laughs> Avengers Infinity War releases and that's no mistake <laughs> no and we are very excited about it and Steve and his boys and me and Michael are booked we are booked and we will probably talk about that at some point on a future <laughs> podcast I don't think we're going to help it as a, no we're not going to be able to help it so that's that's the next the next show you got from us um, and then we've got we've got loads more stuff coming after, after that yeah um, we've got lots of plans actually well, I'm, we I'm, have I'm excited about this it, it should be fun um so mate, it's been it's been fun recording again tonight. I've enjoyed drinking these beers yeah, with you. Thanks again for Signature Brew for sending them. Yep. Yeah, let's um let's retire and, and, and finish our Imperial Stout. Exactly. Cheers. Cheers. When the crowd say bowl, selector. When the crowd say bowl, selector.